whatever you do, don't fall asleep. I'm scared to close my eyes. I'm scared to open them. It's the 1980s with the Literary License Podcast retrospective of 80s horror films with your co-hosts Joe Radazzo, Vicky Ray, John Wilson, and Keith Shago keeping everything tubular and rad. You're not even going to swat that fly. I hope they are watching. They'll see. They'll see and they'll know. They'll say. She wouldn't even I'm your number one fan. Hello, welcome to the Literary License Podcast in the 80s, as we celebrate horror films from the 80s and our two for one. And today we're covering Killer Clowns from Outer Space and Bad Taste by Peter Jackson. And before we get started, let's find out who's with us. We got see Derek Miller with us. Hello, Chad. Hey, guys. How's it going? Long time no see. It has been since since Godzilla. Since Godzilla, yep. And then you got John Wilson with us. Hello, John. Hello, folks. Hey, Joe. Joe Randazzo. Hey, everyone. Hey, Joe. And Craig Johnson. Hello, Craig. Hello, everybody. Hello. <laughs> and David Grunt. Hello, David. Hello, hello, hello. And Vicky Ray. <laughs> hello, Vicky. Hello, everybody. And I'm your co-host, Keith Shago. Before we get started, let's find out what we've all been up to. Starting with you, Chad. What have you been up to since last time we spoke to you during Godzilla? Writing, writing, writing. That is, that is what I've been doing. I've finally, after after 15 years of beating myself up in the publishing industry, I'm finally writing full time. So uh, it's it's really hard. I'll tell you that to anyone who's never tried it. Uh, it's it's really difficult not not basing your writing around a day job and you have to be very disciplined. And it's taken me months to figure this out <laughs> because uh there's too many distractions out there social media and such so uh oh, God, you just yeah. gotta gotta stick to it so yeah writing short stories working on a couple of novels just making it all happen good deal and what about yourself john what have you been up to uh i've been working like a madman um lot, lots and lots of hours but on the side i've been started to do bloodborne so i've taken on the 
the challenge it's the apparently it's the the big gamers challenge if you can master bloodborne you are you were made it um it's a game that you just have to be as as other players have said you have to be okay with dying a lot <laughs> and you <laughs> die a lot in this it's game it's a trial and error Over game i and, take it no it's it's just you it's a it's an rpg game that you're trying to build your character it's very gothic it's got this kind of like you know, Castlevania type of feel to it. Um, but you just have to, you have to just kind of keep persisting. And the, and the creators are also like, you know, if you call this game bullshit, it's just that you don't accept your own faults in gaming. Like you have to know when you don't do the right move, you're going to die. Right. And so when you get all pissed off that you die, it's like, well then learn to do the right move. And so it's challenged me as a gamer to learn how to parlay and how to do, you know, blocking and all these types of things. So I've been, trying to start that game um also been watching star trek uh discovery catching up i haven't watched this whole season yet so i'm trying to catch up before it starts again because it's like at its mid-season break so and loving that show love my star trek Hmm. (laughs) uh good to have the nerd in our bottom corner (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> did you call me a nerd bottom what did you just call me excuse me sir <laughs> beamable <laughs> no, Vo- Vo- Voyager I've been watching Voyager that's great you know love Voyager yeah Voyager I mean it's fantastic it's a new there's a new um, a cartoon that has Janeway in it and it's fun it's ah. Prodigy uh, but it, it's that universe I'm glad it was dying like and it's kind of sad when you watch a franchise die and like no one they were just they made an announcement for the next film and I'm like I really don't care the Chris Pine films to me are just like they've started to just suck. have you seen any of Lower Decks the animated uh, yeah it's so funny it's yes, so fun it's great it's fun the humor and like even Prodigy is is more like the serious version of it but there's some humor and I I love that the complaint that I think people are giving with discovery is that it's, it has too much heart. And I disagree. I think it's, I watch every freaking episode and I'm crying. And I look at my friend who my best friend, he and I watch it together. I would re- refuse to watch it by myself. Cause he and I are just the same way. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, not again. They're crying again. Like, what is with the show? You know? And it's just, <laughs> it's got so much heart <laughs> in the characters and you just love the characters and the story. Yes. And Yeah. It's amazing. So if you guys haven't watched it, or if you want to watch a great series, it's it's wonderful. What about yourself, Joe? What have you been up to? Uh, mostly right now, waiting to hear back from film festivals that I submitted. Uh, the last two scripts I wrote, um, I wrote two. And um, other than that, not really doing much. I just started Peacemaker because none of my friends would shut the fuck up about it. So oh, I decided. Decided- I haven't started that yet. Do you like it? Um, three. I watched the first three episodes that uh, the James Gunn directed, and I, you know, I thought it was fine. I'm gonna, I'm probably gonna watch the rest of the series over the next week. Um, and um, because I'm waiting to hear from film festivals and not really going out much, because I'm trying to save up money in case I need to travel, so I'm just kind of staying at home and watching a lot of movies lately. Um, Lately, a lot of uh, a lot of comedy teams. For whatever reason, I just started watching a lot of Three Stooges, Abbott and Costello, Laurel and Hardy, and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And that's just all um, clean fun. Yeah, yeah. It's it, for whatever. And, and I started watching a lot of pre-code movies too. Uh, it's just been what I've been doing lately. Mainly, it's just staying home in the hopes of saving some money. So if I do have to have to travel to you know L.A. or Florida or wherever, I'll have a little bit of money so I can actually do stuff. Yeah. Now's the time too, especially when it's winter. It's good to hunker down during the. Oh you know, yeah, it's, it's, 
It's perfect. We just got we just got like nailed with snow last night in Chicago. My job. I saw that. Uh, yeah, my job called me as I was waiting for my Uber, going, "Hey, you know what? There's an advisory to stay at home. You might as well just not even come in because we're not expecting it to be busy." And you're sure like, enough, done. I heard, I heard it was dead. Yeah, so I was like, "All right, cool. I didn't waste the money going in." And what about yourself, Craig? What have you been up to? Um, I've been uh, watching. I'm going to watch the new screen tonight. There's new screen. Oh, movies. okay. Uh, I can't oh, wait. good. Nice. Um, I've been watching a lot of the um, the classic Doctor Who is on Forces TV. So I've been watching like the 1970s Doctor Who's, That's which is really it's, it's really yeah. strange to see Doctor Who on the TV for for me yeah. for the first yeah. time, like the classic stuff. So it's quite nice, and. Um, yeah, I got, I got promoted at work as well, which yeah, was like my first right. Nice, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and uh, I'm on annual leave, so I'm just chilling out and tidying up and bits and pieces and that. <laughs> so. I noticed that all the old Doctor Who's the, from the very first episode upwards is on BritBox at the moment over here. So yeah, they're also yeah, yeah, they're right. on BritBox as well. We went to the time fracture, you know, Craig uh, took me to the time fracture in London. Like, it was really interesting, wasn't it? Yeah. The, the thing, it's like an interactive thing, and you don't really tell you. There's 17 like, different outcomes depending yeah. on what journey you take, what, what corridor right. you what take. Corridor you oh, take. that's cool. That's very cool. Yeah. Was, and uh, I don't know if I told you, but I got ticked off by Davros. Yeah. <laughs> So it's pretty bad. Like, yeah. uh, apparently, he didn't say the right phrase, and he said, "Get this imbecile out of here." Yeah. So you know, <laughs> being ticked off by Davros, <laughs> it's very scary, actually, wasn't it? Like yeah. the characters, some of the characters were great. You know, really enjoyed it. You know? And you're still doing your gigging in yeah, the, um, yep. Old yeah. White Lion pub. He's, he's he's there every Thursday. If anyone's local and wants to see him <laughs> singing and playing guitar, oh, no, and, it's and pop on down. It's great. Oh, wow. uh, and um, and what day of the week's that? And where's the white lion at Kensington, isn't it? Yeah, Thursday, if you'd want to come down, you know, if you've got some... Old, old white lion, have... East Finchley High Road, yeah. North London. We had every a... Thursday, what time? Uh, it normally starts at about nine o'clock. Nine you know, o'clock. Yeah. There's, a, there's an American guy who comes down, it's a, he plays a lot of blues, does a lot of Robert Johnson. He's really good, you know, he's oh, such a good right, guitarist. Right. Yeah. Um, and he was doing like some lead belly last night. Great, you know, really cool stuff. But... um. The the, the 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 sort of there's a guy there. He's only about mid twenties. He's he can play like sort of um, I don't know. You know, he's just got this great feel. He's like sort of Mozart, honestly. You know, he can really play wow. well. I'm trying to think of it. George Zawinul. He can play like him. You know, and um, also like Billy Joel. You know, he's got that same sort of feel. Like you know, mm. great player. Like you know, to sing and play play the piano. It's easy with, with chords with the guitar because you just concentrate on the chord change. And this this hand's basically just keeping the rhythm and playing the chord. But when you're playing piano, you you're actually playing bass, tenor, and treble. So it's like a, almost like a concerto in a sense, you know. And you have to sing over the top. And if it's another harmony over the top, it's like splitting your brain into three parts, you know, or four parts. It's amazing. Yeah. Isn't it? Wow. And what about yourself, Vix? What are you been up to? Not really a whole lot. Um, not like yourselves. Y'all seem busy and doing all kinds of faboo kind of things. Um, I've been sticking to watching my 1883. Got two more episodes to go. Her Chad's watching it too, so I'm not the only one. Um, what did I finish? I finally saw Blood Wars. Uh, Underworld, I totally forgot to watch that one. I didn't know it was even out there, the 2016 installment. Oh, yeah. And it looked like they were setting us up for another Underworld, which I'd really like if they did because I really love the whole franchise 
Um, and I finished Discovery of Witches. Finally, that was only three seasons. That left me totally unhappy because I really wanted more. <laughs> but they, they gave us three seasons. That's all you get. Um, other than that, I've just been um, watching it's a lot of old Hammer films and stuff, looking for the old uh, Vincent Price things lately. Oh, I haven't really found yeah. anything. I, I, this is going to sound awful, and people are probably going to send me hate mail. But 2021 movies are just not doing it for me. <laughs> I, I just can't. I put it on for 10 minutes. I can tell in 10 minutes whether I can watch it or not, especially the horror genre. The first yeah. time I see a cartooned monster walking across, like, nope, can't do it. Can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. But um, I was it Asher watched the other day to go Cowboys and Dinosaurs. It was so bad, but he loved it. You know, because, you know, the dinosaurs, you know, he doesn't know the difference, but, <laughs> <laughs> but we're waiting for us at the, well, what is it? June? I think the last uh, Jurassic Park is coming. Yeah. Out. It looks good. The trailer looks fantastic. Oh my God. I know. I can't wait. So I'm really psyched for that. So, you know, we're a bunch of Jurassic Park freaks over here too. So, but other than that, you know, soccer or soccer season starting, you know, BMX season starting again. So we're fixing for warmer weather and more fun out there and getting back to normal, at least here in Texas. I don't know about the rest of the country, but. Vicky, have you tried last night in Soho yet? Yes. Totally loved it. I was going to say I watched it again because I loved it that much. That movie is fucking excellent. I don't know if you might not share that. A lot of people didn't like it. I I loved it. it. I thought it was brilliant. Mm -hmm. Loved it. I might even watch it again. I just thought I always see something in that movie I I did not miss. I did not see. I've only seen one Edgar Wright film I didn't like, and that was I didn't like his Scott Pilgrim film, and that's the only film. But all his other films I really. Oh my god, I love Scott Pilgrim. (laughs) I loved it. Oh my god, he's the only other person in the world besides me that's like I don't think this is like the great fucking classic everyone thinks it is. I have nothing against it, and it's fine. It's. I think it's okay, but everyone regards Scott Pilgrim as like this fantastic, like classic film that's like it so well made. Like, it just so kind of cool. reminds me of like a Ferris Bueller for some reason for the for the modern kid, like for the modern. <laughs> Which movie is it? It's Scott it's, Pilgrim versus the World, versus the world. Yeah. Yeah. a graphic novel series. Yeah. I have not seen it. I think I think it's his weakest film actually, but uh, everyone seems yeah. to love it. I didn't know he did that. Yeah, no. I mean, I've liked Edgar Wright since the Channel 4 TV series called Spaced with Simon Pegg. And- yes, brilliant. Oh, yeah. It's brilliant. That is absolutely brilliant. Isn't it? yeah. It's so funny, you know. It's <laughs> Oh, they filmed um, Shaun of the Dead just nearby. Yeah. I love that movie. I love Shaun of the Dead. It's one of my favorites. Crouch End and Archway. Spaced is filmed around this area as well. So. Yeah. And then so it wasn't um, at the end of the world as well. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, right. Right. Y'all like, don't just look up. It was okay. It. Do you think it was, it was okay. Oscar worthy? I think, I think I enjoyed Silent Night more than I enjoyed Don't look, look Up. Yeah. yeah. Mm. They didn't want to so myself. Um, I've been re- I got all my book reviews out. So that was I all, saw all that. Was, I had to retweet like a thousand of them this morning. God, how do you do all that? I have to say one book I think that um, our listeners should probably like a lot. It's a book by Kim Newman called Something More Than Night. 
which is basically a fiction that's um, set between the 1930s and 40s Hollywood about a murder mystery. And um, it, it joins up Philip Chandler and Boris Karloff um, cool. solving oh. this murder mystery. Oh, my God. That's cool. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I was going to ask if it's the Kim Newman that does the, the classic film reviews. And now that you mentioned yeah. Boris, I'm like, OK, it's definitely got to be him then. Yeah, yeah. it is him. And it's, it's, quite, it's probably along the same veins as um, a book that we reviewed. We had the authors on our show a couple of years ago called Stoker Wild, where they have um, Brad Stoker and Oscar Wilde joining up together, solving supernatural mysteries in, in the UK and Ireland, which is a awesome. really good book series because their new books out now. Well, coming out. They just sent me the book to review at the moment. So that's been very good. Is that is that the Stoker's Wild? Yeah, Stoker Wild. They have another one out? Yeah, it's just yeah. Well, the review copy's just been sent to me, so I think it's. Oh my god, I love their first two books. Those were great. What an easy read, too. And if you read Dracula, you really understand what's going on, too, because it's kind of in the same vein, a little bit. The narration, I guess. Yeah. So, well, my book reading's kind of going to be on the back seat now because I've just signed a two-year contract with Camcon, and so they just sent me all this Resident Evil. Nice. Uh, so I got, oh my god! Got Fifteen so things to read about the history of Resident Evil, and we're only so you basically got to immerse stuff. yourself in that in the Umbrella Corporation for a while. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, uh, about the Umbrella Corporation and the <laughs> so I'll be doing that for the next. That's amazing! Years, Congrats. That's fantastic. Cool. Congratulations, Congratulations. That's awesome. Keith! Congratulations, yeah, yeah, so Keith. Yeah. That's for the new Resident Evil, not the remake of mm-hmm. four, but a new one that's coming out in twenty twenty five. Nice. Nice. That's so cool. I haven't seen the Resident Evil movie yet. I've heard you write them and do what they ask you to do, and then six years later, oh, it's out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's hard, Mike, because games, especially, take much longer, like than film. You know, film they try to churn them out as quickly as they can, but games could take five to eight years just to get it out. You know. And then the other thing I've been doing is basically um, we got rid of Bewitched and our regular programming, and then that's going to be a regular feature called Make Remake. And so just programming that all in and getting all the music rights and Amazon on board and getting that all sorted out there. So and we're and that's quite that's quite interesting because we're going to be doing all kinds of genres in that. I know I, I love we're the going doing Limitation of Life um, from 1936 and the 1959 one about passing in America, which. Um, it's quite a good, um, quite a good thing. Um, I've talked to my secretaries about it, so we did a lot of research on that. And I think we that'll, that'll be out this week. We'll, this will go out on Saturday. That will go out on Sunday, and then we'll be back to our regular scheduling after that. So, when, uh, so when are we starting that? Um, we're starting at this month, actually. Oh, so, um, I got it. I so, didn't yeah, invitation life's the first one, um, and then our new we have a new co-host called Simon Templeman who's joining on board for that, and he'll be doing that. But he'll also be popping in for two for ones and um, um, book the screens as well. So he'll be popping back and forth, but that'll be the main one he'll be in. So nice. So and Chad, I'll send you our listing for that in case there's anything in there that you want to. I know we're doing King Kong, the Peter Jackson and the original. Oh yeah, because you just can't get enough of Peter Jackson, man. <laughs> Especially after this week.
<laughs> well, that brings us to our first feature, which is Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which is a 1988 American science fiction comedy horror film written, directed, and produced by the Chodo Brothers and starring Grant Kramer, Suzanne Snyder, John Allen Nelson, and John Vernon. It is the only film to be written and directed by the Chodo Brothers, who also created the practical effects and makeup for the film. The film is about a clan of evil extraterrestrials who all resemble clowns. They arrive on Earth and invade a small town in order to capture, kill, and harvest the human inhabitants to use as substitutes. Killer Constant Outer Space was filmed in um, Watsonville, California, and at the Santa Cruz Beach Boardwalk. Which you probably remember from what famous film that we all love, The Lost, the Lost Boys. Boys. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. The score oh, yeah. uses practical effects, including rubber suits. Uh, I'm sorry, um, the film utilizes practical effects, including rubber suits. The <laughs> score was composed by John Masari. Um, the John Masari soundtrack is available on Spotify and iTunes, and the film received a generally positive reviews and has been considered a cult classic. A sequel has been in development hell since the original film's release, with Stephen Chodo having stated that he hopes to produce a series of films with a total of four installments or a television series based on the film. The Sci-Fi Channel announced on October 22, 2018, that it was in talks to purchase the rights to the film in order to produce a requel. But of course, it got called up in the COVID, and apparently they're still working on the sequel, so we'll see what happens in later years for that. Mm-hmm. So what we're going to do is cut to the trailer of Killer Cons from Outer Space, and we'll be right back. It was a night like any other night. Then something happened. Did you see that? Something different. It's no shooting star. Why here? Why now? Why clowns? They've been knocking them dead all over the universe. What are you gonna do? Knock my block off? Soon they'll be doing it at a theater near you. Killer clowns from outer space. Maybe they're just cruising through the galaxy and stopped here for a bite to eat. You don't need a police bell, you need a psychiatrist. Uh-oh. They want to play games? They're messing with the wrong guy. What are you in for? Killer clowns from outer space. It's crazy. Welcome back to Laser License Podcast, and we're talking about killer clowns from outer space from 1988. So, starting with you, Joe, what are your thoughts about killer clowns from outer space? Well, it's it's nice to have something more lighthearted 
on the podcast this week because these these movies are both um, both just so cheesy and, uh, and, and John Vernon <laughs> to me is a national fucking treasure. I, I I love him. I love him as this over the top uh, police captain in this movie. I've I've ended up seeing a lot of him lately because I for some reason I, I found the first episode of the animal house uh, TV series and I watched that. So I've, I've, I've had him kind of on the brain lately anyway. Um, everything about this movie, it's so, so much fun. So cool. So I, I, I love the, the idea of these cotton candy pods uh, that, that yeah. are holding people. It's, um, it, it's, it's a movie. It's a movie that works because it, it's, it, Normally, when when you try to get horror and comedy together, it doesn't always work out as well as this. I mean, everything here with you know the shadow puppets and uh, you know the shadow puppet T Rex that eats the crowd. It's ah oh, man, um, it's it, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm struggling a little bit. Sorry, um, but no, it, it's a fun little movie that I I've just. I just rewatched it for the first time in like 25 years. And it's, it's it, like, I'm having trouble putting this to words because it's just fun. It's just stuff keeps happening and it <laughs> goes by so quickly too. That's the other thing about it. Um, yeah. If somebody wants to jump in and save me here. I'm like, <laughs> I mean, I, I was going to say, I agree. Yeah. Like I love, I love the element of the film where like, well, let's compare like for instance, um, the fog, you know, the fog was a town and it's about a town. You get to see what's kind of happening in the town and how the fog affects the town. Whereas this, it's kind of like you get these little glimpses of like just the chaos that these clowns are doing around <laughs> town, but each time it's something different. So they have the sock puppet scene and then you have, them, then they have the um, shadow puppet scene and then you have um, the, the little the girl... The little girl at the restaurant and the clown is like, "Come here," you know, and like doing that. Like, like I love like <laughs> just the elements of that, and it kept it fun, you know, because it could have been always around those the three main characters, Mike, Debbie, and Dave, but they kind of let you glimpse different parts of the town, and then you have the the com- uh, comedic duo of the brothers, you know, and their little their little um, ice, the cream ice cream truck. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh <laughs> so dear just, God, the brothers. <laughs> yeah. They were they were they they used the ice cream truck to lure girls to the parking spot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and clearly, I think of this yeah. again. I think it's like when the writers are creating it, they're like, "What can we create something that has emphatic nature?" Oh, ice cream. You know, like here. <laughs> And the guys on this, and like, you know, licking this, and like, oh, God. Boats. Inflatable boats. Inflatable boats. Yeah, that's right. They look quite cozy. They look quite cozy. Yeah, that's right. They look quite cozy. 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 They look quite <laughs> it's like uh, you know the clown um, if you know that was the first start of the scary clown thing you know it's, yeah, but, uh, yeah yeah you know I'm trying to think of any sort of maybe going back to way back uh, what was that movie where the the doll comes alive you know the ventriloquist doll I think it was my oh, uh, the, the dead by night dead um, dead of night yeah that's right Keith that's the one that was scary no I remember that really stuck in yeah. Wow, now we're going my, back. My favourite clown is Jumbo, the one with the big mallet behind his back. Oh, God, he, I, yeah. He, yeah. He uses, 
Officer Mooney as a as a, as a glove puppet, and, <laughs> yeah. and, he, and his famous last words were, "You're never going to make a dummy out of me." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just oh, shorty, shorty punching that guy's head off. That yeah, I remember seeing this movie a long time ago, and that's that scene was out of all of them the scariest to me because yeah. like yeah. everything else was kind of fun and like oh you kind of just went along with it, but like that was like. Yeah, but grotesque and like yeah. to have literally someone fists through the person's back and they're using them as a puppet. I was like, oh. <laughs> and the two guys are in the prison and they uh, in the in the jail cell and they say, oh, "So what are you in here for?" Yeah, <laughs> this is so good. <laughs> I, I've actually got the jumbo limited edition pop oh, vinyl oh, kill- from, yeah, from yeah. Killer Clowns. Yeah. I think it's my guilty pleasure. I, I've watched this <laughs> hundreds of times. Yeah. This is it's definitely so the kind of film, though. This is the kind of film that you want to get your friends together and just go yeah. find a theater that replays old yeah. movies and just yeah. go see this on a Saturday night. This just yeah. fu- so fun. Yeah. They don't make them like this anymore. Damn it. I mean, well, there's the effects too, like, or always slightly different. So you have like, you know, them with their, with their animatronic and like, you know, the latex mass and everything, but then the balloon and like doing that and them carrying yeah. her out in the balloon, like, they definitely were like thoughtful in the consent of like creating something and saying, what can we do with popcorn and how can we make that? Oh, we can make that into like these creatures. Right. And then what can we do with, you know, a, a, um, a balloon that you can like turn into a little like oh, trace, gosh. what do you would call it, like a oh, that, was really awesome. that was hysterical. <laughs> I was like, that is so smart, you know. And they say, Oh, Mildo. But of course you have the premarital sex teenagers all getting it. You know, yeah. yeah. Everybody, you know, they're doing the bad thing, so oh, they're the make out point, and they're gonna make die, out die. point. Yeah, we never had a make I out love, point. Newcastle. I love the pizza scene where the <laughs> where Shorty comes out of the pizza and he oh, says boy. pizza because me and my sister always say that when we're gonna yeah, order pizza, a pizza, we always say pizza. <laughs> 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 I love that she's just like, oh great, like she didn't even <laughs> order it. She's like, oh pizza, yeah, yeah. Oh pizza, yeah. and nineteen. Um, 88, 89. We had some really interesting films coming out. Yeah, Pee Wee's Big Adventure, which had like oh, that was weird. Filters, parents, which we'll be covering later on, and yeah. um, the animator series and mm-hmm. Bride of you know Frankenhooker and things like this. So we had like, <laughs> films that were really really low budgets, but at the same time, with a very decent and fun aesthetic to them. Yeah. Which, yeah. It's darker. Yeah, even I mean, Clown cost one point eight million to make. Yeah. That's it. I wouldn't want them goods. It was classic. The music, the music really did it for me, though. Just, I'm, I'm a child of the '80s. I love everything '80s, whether, whether it be arcade games, especially music films. The music was like Starship and Devo had a love child. And I loved it from the moment that it began. It <laughs> yeah. I'm going to have to go back and listen to it and, and, and yeah, draw yeah. that conclusion somehow. Well, we all we had in England was well the, the Smiths, Joy Division, the police, of course, you know, Sting Light from Newcastle, you know. <laughs> I also uh, like the, uh, the, the hillbilly at the beginning where it's like, I got, oh, you know, I'm going to, yeah. people oh, yeah, are yeah. going to come see me. I'm going to go. Oh, who was that? I know who was that. I would have gone like yeah. But oh, then he grabs onto the spaceships, uh, yeah. the metal thing, yeah. gets proper electric. And you think, Jesus, this is not, this is not going to end well. No, not going to end yeah. well. For them. <laughs> that, hey, I don't know now. I don't remember his name, but I know that guy has a hell of a filmography. I look, yeah. I looked him up, yeah. and it's yeah. classic well, stuff. His name's Royal Dano. You'll probably know him as the love interest in How to Marry a Millionaire. 
Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's, okay. he's the he. If you needed an old redneck in any eighties horror movie, that's <laughs> who you would be. Him and John Vernon were together in the Outlaw Josie Wales too. They were in that. Oh, that's right. And Royal Dana was a really nice looking guy. He comes out of that same canon that um, what was it? Um, Montgomery Cliff, not Montgomery Cliff, but um, Rock Hudson and um. John Gavin, they were all managed by the same people, so so there's a little bit of question question about their sexuality when you're when you're involved <laughs> in that um, manager. <laughs> so, um, Tab Hunter was another one that came yeah. out of that same oh, yeah. Yeah. that. But Royal Dana also did a lot of like Gunsmoke, Little House on the Prairie. Yeah. He was a regular on that for a while, and yeah, he's been around for years. So yeah, he's very. Impr- I mean. He has a very small scene, but it's quite impressive that a film of this independence was able to draw, you know, Royal Dana and John Vernon into. Yeah, John Vernon was perfect for the part, though. I mean, he was—he's always plays a good asshole, you know. I mean, <laughs> the first thing that comes to your mind is Dean Wormer, you yeah, know. Course, yeah. It's Dean Wormer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Royal Dana at this point was doing was doing. Uh, a lot of movies like this because he shows up in one of the Ghoulies sequels. Uh, he's in. He's in. I forget if it was House or House Two. I think. In, wait, was yeah, he? I the, think he was. House, was yeah, he the cowboy house zombie two. in House Two, or was that somebody else? I think he was a zombie in House Two. Yeah, I, I think. That, I think that was him. He was popping he was a up farmer, in a lot of a these movies. Zombie uh, or something. So he kind of kind of gave a new lease on life with people like like our age because here's this classic actor who was in all these all these. You know, great westerns and stuff in the fifties and sixties, and now yeah. he's uh, he's kind of found he's kind of found a second uh, second life in these in these movies. It's it's awesome. And he, he always he stands up. Critters film as well. I think he did a Critters film as well. Critters oh, two. Yeah, Critters he did Ghoulies. do Critters. He did one yeah. of them. I think yeah. he did both actually. Was he? In- I think he did Ghoulie. He I, I can't remember now. I'd have to go back because I can't remember his face. Yeah. Uh, I just remember that um, I remember him in How to Marry a Millionaire because he was the the country person who maybe it was after um, not Marilyn but the other one that basically she wanted to read. Oh, was it Rita Hayworth? Not Rita Hayworth, but uh, uh, Marilyn Monroe. No, Betty. No, 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 no. no it was Jane Lauren McCall, maybe. Yeah. No, I don't no, remember no. her being after her though. And that that's kind no, of no, no. It's the one with the legs. The one with the insured legs. Oh, uh, Betty Betty Grable. Betty Grable. Yeah, Betty Grable. Okay, he ends up with her. Ah, because I just remember it's really because he has he has very identified eyes. I mean, they're very like yeah. blue blue, aren't they? He was in Ghoulie Sue. He was in House Two. He was in um, Amazing Stories. I actually do remember him in Amazing Stories. Yeah. Who's he in Amazing Stories? Uh, Elmer Quick. And then Salvation Ar- Army Officer, I think. I vaguely yeah. remember. The one that strikes <clears throat> me about that whole series was the airplane that lands on the big yellow. The costume. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, the, the, the Christopher Lloyd, uh, the Christopher Lloyd one where he's uh, he's a really tough teacher who ends up uh, ends up getting his head cut off or something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. God, he was <laughs> a scary teacher and he wasn't dead, I don't think. Was he dead? No, I think I think he he gets his head cut off, but somehow he he stays alive. I haven't seen it since I was a kid. So, 
It's old. I haven't seen that in eons, so I'm glad you brought it up. It gives me something to look for. I think the episode that always stuck out with me was the one where the guy was playing a mummy in a horror movie they were filming, and his wife was in labor, and he had to get to the hospital before the baby was born. But they're filming in like a really small town full of like rednecks, and they all think he's a real mummy, so they're trying to kill him. Oh, my God. He couldn't get the costume (laughs) off. That's hysterical. Yeah, that's that's one of the only (laughs) episodes. That and the Mark <laughs> Hamill episode where Mark Hamill was like a collector his entire life and collected all these old toys. And then when he's about to, he asked somebody for gas money so he can drive into a lake and commit suicide. And she ends up buying like his toy collection for like millions of dollars. It's just, yeah. Oh man. About the mummy. Uh, last weekend I was watching Shudder and they had this really good documentary about Boris Karloff on there. Yeah. Oh, I saw that, that so when he bad. played the mummy that when they put him into the outfit and they put the makeup on he couldn't yeah. use the bathroom for like 12 hours oh my, oh god. my god did they and put a like diaper on him like what the hell they had, like any kind of piping or anything they could use so you basically just had to make sure he didn't drink he couldn't get the mummy outfit off <laughs> I think of that now so it's like oh, <laughs> oh man I gotta catch that before it's gone because I keep meaning to watch that documentary and I just Keep forgetting me too. Another, remember that um, a song Keith, uh, the Monster Mash came out in the seventies. Yeah. That's right. Uh, the, Boris, the guy who was like impersonating Boris Carl. I was working in the lab late. <laughs> that's that's a damn good impression right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my eyes beheld an eerie sight. You know he also had like a bit of a list. Boris Karloff, out of everything that he did, you know what the thing he's the most proudest of? Yeah. What's sorry? Up. Boris Karloff, you know, the one project that he did that he's most proudest of, and he said that this is what he, if he dies, this is what he wants to be renowned for for the rest of his life. <laughs> okay. okay. Narrating okay. how the Grinch stole Christmas. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's, that's I mean, amazing. He, 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 that probably is going to be the one that he's always remembered for. Though, well, yeah. yeah. As much as I love Frankenstein, we got the want, thing, everyone watches the that, Grinch. Me, one Mr. Yeah. Grinch, that's him singing. There's an interesting thing I read about Karloff recently <laughs> uh, that apparently he returned to England after he was famous and he apparently thought that because he, he was in such a lowly profession as an actor that his family like like wouldn't be excited to see him. Wow. So it, I, I, it's kind of interesting that, that he, he became like world renowned and then when he got home all his all his brothers who he thought weren't gonna were gonna be like oh he's he's the actor while while they were all doing yeah. like these serious jobs they were all like posing for pictures with them and they were they were so happy to see him and I think I don't know if they covered that in the documentary I just read that in something the other day I forget what the article was and mm-hmm. it's just it's kind of just sweet to to read that kind of thing where somebody just kind of feels down like that but then when when they're around the family everyone's like oh my god no you are really this great legend we we love you and all that. <laughs> Kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, well, with clear, like um, killer clowns. Um, I have to there and say I love the color, the color scheme that they used in it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. If, it was like a circus, you know, kind of sort of. Yeah, I did. Even, even like the set design inside the tent when they went in and the, yeah. you know, the, the spaceship tent sort of thing. I love the way that it all looked. It had a really definite, great aesthetic. I mean. I mean, these guys never directed anything after this or before this, and this is what they come out with. I mean, that's 
Yeah, I love that it actually when it comes up out of the ground, right. it's actually a top. Like it's like a, a spinning top, which I was like, oh, that again. Yeah. That you think it's just a tent, and then you see that come out. Um, yeah, I wonder at the end if um, what was it, Debbie, Dave, and what's his name ended up together because that was a weird like. So you two dated, <laughs> then at one point, yeah, he's yeah, like, about that. you're about to sleep with her. And then at the end, he's hugging him at the end. I was like, um, she kind of <laughs> was with, with the, the very virile blonde dude at the end. Yeah. Right? What was his name? No, but like he, he comes out of the car at the end, he, he gets saved and both of them are like, oh my God, you're alive. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> what's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> Too much candy floss. Uh, but for people who don't like yeah. clowns, it was definitely, and I don't like, well, I don't really like, I, yeah, why I don't, why I don't, don't like, like clowns. Clowns. I'm afraid of clowns. <laughs> what's the, what's the appeal of, you know, like clowns? I mean, it's kind of, it I don't do services. <laughs> well, Don Wayne Gacy probably didn't have clowns very much. No. <laughs> that and those people in Dallas. Remember no, when no, the clowns were standing on the corners <laughs> doing nothing in 2016? Do you remember uh, that? Yeah, the, I remember the, that. The, the random clowns uh, just going wherever, just standing there staring at people. What the fuck was that? I don't know, but now I that mean, it's, it's 2022, a, it's a, I wish they'd bring it back. I know. I'm bored. <laughs> the theater is, it's like it's an attention-getting thing, because you look and you can't miss a freaking clown. I mean, especially oh. if they have the big red hair and the, you know, yeah, like, the overly puffy outfit, you know. Well, it's we like, grew up with Bozo the Clown. There's nothing more traumatizing to a child first thing in the morning with yeah. cereal than Bozo. Well, what about Ronald McDonald? Donald. Oh, oh Ronald yeah. McDonald. he was creepy yeah, too. Scary. The old yeah. Ronald McDonald was really creepy. Yeah. <laughs> I still think that the hamburger. They look like he's not on like his like like He's traumatized now by Ro- Ro- uh, who's it? Yeah. Ronald Reagan. No, no Ronald no, McDonald. Ronald Reagan. One of the one of the Ronald Reagan. Was Grimace just like a large avocado or something? What was the Grimace? I like the Grimace. What was he? A big eggplant. I don't know. Big I think he's Barney's dad. <laughs> Barney's dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only, only like clown I think I'd like is, uh, is what the hamburger kind of looked like yeah. the child catcher from Chin City Bang Bang. So he had yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> oh, God. That's Ronald scary. Was like, Hi, yeah. right, we come to take your children. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> children. Where is the children? That's the creepiest scene of all time. Wow. Yeah, the I element of this movie that I mean, I kept thinking, I did keep thinking of Pennywise, as I was like, "What if, yeah. what if Pennywise was part of these aliens and was like, screw you all, I'm going off on my own, I'm going to do my own, own thing,' <laughs> thing. <laughs> and he just left yeah. the crew, and he's like, yeah. I'm going to do my own thing, and like, because yeah, that well, element where the nose alley, was vulnerability, and like, yeah." yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, Pennywise the clown yeah, was pretty yeah. alien, don't you think? He was yeah, weird. Popcorn and acid cream. Too much for well, yeah. yeah, he was supposed to be something from another dimension. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, oh, this was Who like the mask it. used in this film is, for the clowns was actually um we used as trolls for the film Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> oh, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, go off and do his own oh, solo tour. I've never seen that movie. Which one? Ernest, Ernest scared. scared Stupid. Yeah, yeah. I, see that. <laughs> I thought um, as a kid never watched it again, and I I, I, I kind of want to revisit it now to see. So my, I remember my younger cousin at the time was terrified of it, and Which I was one, like, Joe? Uh, "Ernest Scared Stupid." Oh. <laughs> it's funny when so you funny. when you were scared of something when you're a kid and you watch an adult, you're like, "Why was I so scared of you know?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, yeah. Mm. Well, the, the set that used to scare the hell out of me when I was a kid was the ghost of Mr. Chicken. Now when I watched, it's like, oh, this is actually a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I used to be terrified of the Hulk with Lou Ferrigno. Oh my god! When I was my brothers would watch it, and I just yeah. couldn't. It would freak me out, like that he could transform in his eyes. Like it just—I remember hating that yeah. show. I'd be like, "I'm going to go over here," and I would go in another room, and I would just like, "I'm not watching this." <laughs> I never understood except for his crotch. I just didn't understand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I want to, I was the Jolly Green Giant in the corn advert, a cousin of the Hulk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> my, sister, my sister and cousin used to scream. Yeah, uh, he was like, oh, oh, the, oh. The, the bit where Michael Jackson turns into a werewolf in oh, Thriller. Oh, oh, yeah, that was just Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you better be better if you had to turn into a killer clown. You know? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Does anybody watch Killer Clowns Part Two? Did you guys watch that yet? There's not. A, there's not one yet. They've there is because they're they're, they're, they're saying that there was one on Amazon. I think they're trying to. I watched Rose Blood because we put out. A, um, we were going to interview the Shoto brothers, and they said they were in pre-production for Killer Clowns Two. When we right. Out to the, three or four months ago, so. It would be interesting if they did even a series, not just a movie, because like a series would be kind of fun if it like went from town to town and you can kind of pick up characters. But but it could be like a secondary tent team flying. (laughs) Well, you (laughs) know, when one ship when one ship blows up, because I'm assuming they're gathering food for other clowns, right? So they're going to have to go back. If that ship never came back. Okay, it's going to come back for that ship. So, you know, I'll be so (laughs) upset if they reboot this and it's a bunch of CGI. I'm going to be so upset. That would be awful. Oh, I know. It's hard, though, because nowadays it's very it's rare that people will invest in this type of technology. Right. And and stylistic things. Now it's just green screen. Everything is green screen. And, you know, it's sad. It takes a lot away. Yeah. Was the tent a gateway to it, like the dimension? Was it? A, it was a spaceship, wasn't it? But I know, but it also there was that big ball that was like an all like the engine. Yeah, room. So it felt it like, it like was, was yeah. like the ship, but like sort of uh, Easter Island, sort of like you know. <laughs> but uh, I always thought like it was like a gateway, you know. Maybe the other clowns could come through the tent, you know, in a sense, like you know. Yeah, there were there were like it seemed like there were only five clowns in the beginning, and then at the end of the movie there was quite possibly fifty. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. they they did yeah. have a bigger population than we were led to believe. Yeah, yeah. it was like <laughs> a tardis. But yeah, they were so each they were each unique. Yeah. Even even when their numbers grew, they were each unique in how they looked. And yeah, just, uh, I applaud that. Just right, just, that was they amazing. They did do a good job of that. I love the clown car too when they come out and they're all coming out of the clown car. That was like, oh, clown. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Interestingly yeah. enough, at Halloween in 2021, um, Spirit Halloween, the shop has dedicated a section of merchandising for this film, which includes costumes from the film. The sections features items such as clothing, statues, props, doormats, signage, and life size anim- animatronic characters that you can now buy for your very own homes. Nice. I, I actually clowns. was searching for the for the cotton candy ray gun because here at Halloween. I know, scary. I want it was, that. It was that sold was out in every single yeah. one I went to. That was a cool gun. You know, I'm not into guns, but that was a good one. Yeah. yeah. 
I want the uh, the dancing dog and all that was great. Like a Jeff Koons, you know, that artist, American artist, you know, he used to yeah. do like a giant blue out balloons, classic, you know, yeah, that's what it reminded of. I want a dog like that, you know, it would be cool to have a did dog. The, cool. Did the, did the popcorn, the, the, the cotton candy thing kill them immediately? Because I did notice one of the clowns was drinking one of them with a straw. Yeah. I think, I it, think it, yeah, I think it did because it's dissolving them inside, wasn't it? So it's like an acid kind of thing. Maybe it had a juicy. Yeah. Oh, and I forgot the the pies. Remember the pies too? That was a great scene too when they throw the pies at security guard and it literally just melts them. They're like, yeah, melted ice cream. Like, not just ice cream. And you see the bone sticking out. (laughs) How many people can you fit into a small car? Oh, yeah. What's the record, you know, for clowns getting into a car? Is it something like 32? Something? <laughs> I forget now, you know. There's a record, actually, uh, an official record. Back in college day, we used to get quite a few of, um, few of us into a car, <laughs> into the driveway. <laughs> well, for Keith, for Keith uh, Craig and I, you know, getting into a... We, we have to squeeze on the uh, the underground every day, like, you know, and that can be... Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. Think, well, that before COVID, it's like... It's like yeah, oh, yeah. So oh, then New York's the India, same way. Trust was, me, you're like yeah. on the subway, like you know, armpit in yeah. your face. You're like, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, we're all contortionists seen, here in New York. Ever seen trains <laughs> in India where basically they're like they're on there, but they're all hanging off the outside of it as well? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> great. I remember once the chew diver said, "Don't worry, there's plenty of room on top." <laughs> you know, yeah. I, loved it where the, I like the bit where, awesome. where the guy fell into the ball pit, and then the oh team, yeah. <laughs> the two clowns are there and then their boobs enlarged oh my god I love that <laughs> so and I love that they like totally hooked up yeah. with those clowns and they're like <laughs> I know they were so I was desperate like... oh my god <laughs> I forgot about that that movie yeah, was just just too was... funny I mean oh, you really yeah. have to like that kind of genre they gave them their big clowns. sticks <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people it's not might not be their cup of tea because you know the hubster kept coming back. He goes, what the hell are you watching now? He goes, killer clowns. And I go, yes, it's a classic. <laughs> it's classic. I thought it was great. Really, really funny. You know? I'm looking forward to a second one. I hope it comes out. Well, well um, I, I did though, notice. I remember when it came out, going to the cinema to see it. It was only at the cinema for like a week. That was it. It was gone. It yeah. was, that, that Just that amount of time. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't a huge. Box it doesn't. It wasn't doing us. Yeah, like, but, I remember. But this. it was a huge VHS smash. Yeah, so HBO. That's I first saw it on HBO. When yeah, I was that's where I saw it. Probably this seeing it on TV a lot. I remember this and Earth Girls Are Easy with Jim yes. Davis and uh, this, these two movies for some reason yeah. were either a double feature or whatever and I just remember going Jeff Goldblum and, and yeah. And, and uh, that, Gina Davis. Yeah. Gina Davis, yeah. And that other one. Uh, and uh, Jim Carrey. Yeah. Jim Carrey. Yeah. They've been weigh-ins as well. Oh, like, uh, yeah. The cast was got a lot. It was, it was this one, Earth Girls Are Easy and that one with, uh, the one with Kathy Ireland. Fuck! If I I can't remember the name of that, I used to see that one on TV a lot too. My Alien from LA. Does that sound right? It, oh wait, uh, I remember seeing my these. Stepmother is an alien. My stepmother. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My stepmother's an alien. Is that yeah. the one? Oh my! That no, but I recently saw that. I didn't know that existed until my roommate brought, bought the Blu-ray. <laughs> I, I love that movie. It's I just scary. saw it like a month ago. Kim Bassinger's in that though, isn't she? That's, yeah. yeah. And uh, Dan Aykroyd. Yeah. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd falls in love with her, and <clears throat> we—I think um, we, around this time we had a lot of things coming down from outer space. I mean, we had critters that was from, yeah. from outer space, and 
18. Then we had um, The Last Starfighter at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the Navigator, same time. Invaders from Mars. Yeah. Uh, Strange Invaders, Spaced Invaders. Spaced Invaders, my God. I I haven't heard anyone speak about Spaced Invaders in (laughs) 30 plus years. Spaceballs. Was that 80s? Yeah. Spaceballs. I said this thing, Space Invaders always kind of reminds me, it's kind of that same kind of feeling as Garbage Pail Kids. Remember that movie? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Or Masters of the Universe, for that matter. Like, oh, that (laughs) style. It was right about the time when the whole big rubber suit thing was really in, you know, that I guess Henson had helped with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So (laughs) everything at that point was was people in rubber suits. What's... It's also oh, that nostalgia seems to work in like thirty year stretches. Like every like uh like in the in the eighties you had a lot of nostalgia for the fifties. In the nineties you had nostalgia for the sixties, the two thousands, yeah, nostalgia yeah. for the seventies, the uh, the last decade nostalgia for the eighties, now we're moving into nostalgia for the nineties. So 90s. so when you think of the fifties movies, there were a lot of sci fi movies then, a lot of things coming down yeah. from outer space oh, then. Yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so I do think you end up having a similar themes that come yes. along, you know. Yes. I, I think I think got a lot of happening. 50s aesthetics in the movies as well in the 80s as well. If you know, like the way, like the way some of the dressing, the way the costuming is, and stuff like this. So we, you know, we got a lot of that going on at the same time. But I was going to say, Toby Hopper's Invaders from Mars was a big disappointment oh. of the original. So. This Island Earth. Oh, the mystery yeah, science it's... theater version of this island earth <laughs> Night of the yeah. Comet. What else is there? i was gonna ask joe how, how, did, how was casablanca joe how was that the big casablanca experience oh i i i loved going to see casablanca in the theater again except i had this older couple behind me that wouldn't shut the fuck up oh my god thing. And I'm like, like oh, we don't need a narration. We don't need a narration, please. I, like, I'm trying to enjoy this movie I've never seen on the big screen. On the big screen, shut yeah. up. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Get the killer clowns on them. <laughs> that's, that's what I should have done. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but yeah, there, there's there's always like this. There's always like this weird nostalgia that goes back 30 years like that, and um, like like you. You start to notice it more in the eighties because you, you had you had the remake of the thing that started off the decade. Yeah. Um, the, the remake of Invaders from Mars. Um, oh, yeah. I think the I think the reason for it is you see things when you're a kid, and you start to remember them, and you start to and you start to be kind of nostalgic for it. Thirty years down the line, these people are now the people who are taking over movie studios. So now the stuff that they grew up loving, they're like, hey. Why don't we do something like that? And I think that's why you get this like nostalgia bump like every 30 years. I like and that. Now, we're yeah. getting it in television at the moment with the remake of The Wonder Years and the new yeah. Bel- um, Prince, the Prince of Bel-Air yeah. got a series out now. It's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a comedy. It's a bit more gritty. A lot of swearing and drug use and stuff in the, this one produced by Will Smith. But I know there's a lot of these 90 TV shows that are starting up. I call I mean, it like reimagining, right? Because you're you're taking a concept of something and you're just reimagining that idea. And what if you did like? And technically, this this movie does the same thing because it is sort of tale of the body snatcher or something to that effect. Like yeah, it's yeah. got that alien sci-fi war of the worlds type of thing. But they're like, but with clowns, like, oh, why don't we do it with clowns? You know? And it's <laughs> I think it's an interesting thing that people need to like 
consider instead of always reimagining something, but like, what if you did this, like, you know, with Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, that'll be interesting because it is darker and grittier. It's not meant to be slapsticky funny because the original wasn't actually kind of supposed to be because it was the same scenario that he left, you know, being in Watts and moving to, you know, Bel-Air and being in a, you know, a rich affluent neighborhood and it just became comedy, right? Whereas, you know, you took away all that seriousness and this is kind of bringing it back. So, well, I mean, you are finding, you know, the nostalgia for the 90s is coming, it is feeding further. I mean, I saw what you did last summer, the TV series is out now. Which is I don't about, know. It's quite good. I don't, I haven't, I haven't watched it because I just didn't know how it would be. And I was even hesitant to see Scream because even though I love, I love, I haven't seen it yet. Everybody, I, I loved it. At first, I walked out of it. I was like, I need to give myself a little bit. I'm not saying anything about it because I just don't want to ruin it for anyone who hasn't seen it. It is worth watching it because it points out a lot of like, things about Everybody you know I the, to the genre like the culture and the fans and all that stuff it, it points out a lot of the things that you're like yeah that's kind of real <laughs> that's kind of true people you know? that told me they went and saw it said if you weren't a fan of the other ones you probably were going to be lost with this one not that really true? i watched no. all of them i haven't seen the new one yet that's not really it. because like i think if you just watch it and you're just kind of like you go along for the ride it's you know it's it's a fun movie, but it, I like what they did with it, and I like that you know, unlike you know, with Halloween and and right. those, it's a revenge. It's a I'm gonna get you. I'll eventually get right. you. You know, and it's it's like you know, last man standing. Whoever to whatever it takes, I'm gonna go. You know, it's it's great, but it's still like to me, it's overplayed because they did this with now a few movies like this where it's like. I'm going to go after the killer, you know, and it's like, then you're probably going to die with them. And that's sort of how it was meant to be, you know? Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I like that, that they, when conceptualizing this film, they went that route of, we can make this all about aliens and be like really, you know, bug eye green aliens, or we can make it about clowns and that would make it a humorous, but also that humor is also like, Ooh, why are people well, the circus okay tent for a spaceship? Well, and it's also like, why are people okay with this? Because every time the clowns came into town, they they would get these big smiles and be like, "Oh, look at how I would." They had ugly feet, like creepy. What the fuck? You know, they're everyone's like, "Ooh, they're going to perform." And they wish they had a terrifier clown in there, though. He's like my favorite clown. The terrifier clown? Which one? Yeah, I love him. You know what I'm talking about? Are you a terrifier? Oh wait! Oh yeah, yeah! Oh yes, I have. Yes, that one. Woo. Yeah, the clown with the little head on yeah. and the whole white face Ooh. and he was split the girl the in half kind of thing yeah yeah, yeah that's that's Catherine corcoran I, she's a fucking sweetheart i absolutely love her she was in a bunch of trauma movies and then she made that and she uh, she blew she up good. after that i loved it's her awesome was- she was the reason i watched it because uh, and, and i actually really enjoyed it because it is just really 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 dark um but one thing about this movie that like like terrifier didn't have the kills were all circus and clown related like right. terrifier he's just hacking somebody with a hacksaw yeah, yeah. in this yeah. all the kills everything that happens um all relate in some way to the circus or to clowns or something like that and that may and that makes it a little bit more fun it, it, it carries the um uh it kind of carries the gimmick a little better yeah. um because, I mean, sometimes, yeah, at the end of the day, when you're making this kind of movie, I, I guess you could always get lazy and go, ah, cut, cut somebody's throat. But this stuck with it the whole way through. 
Well, and you wanted to know what they're actually doing because like certain scenes you knew the person ha- was there. They had it coming because they're just stupid enough to trust like these clowns because you're waiting for like, what is going to happen? Like with the puppet scene, when he's doing the whole puppets and all of a sudden it's a gun, I just laughed and the person's still like, Oh crap. Oh God, wait, what's that? And then he, you know, he gets taken out, but they could have re- replicated that. Right. So it was always the guns and, and they chose not to, and they kind of started, they did different things and, it kept it fun and lively to me throughout the film because then you're just didn't get bored. You're like, Oh, they're just not going around like zapping. People, I have you know? to sit there and say that the cl- people playing the clown, that must've been the most uncomfortable mask to wear. I mean, it's latex. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. And latex smells after a while. And then movement too. Right. Cause that's the other thing is they're all having to like kind of lurk. They're not like moving fast. So that movement like had to be just exhausting to kind of, no, no, it you're going too heavy. fast. <laughs> you know, and they're like lurking. Heavy. Yeah. So let's talk about how many. Um, Killer Clowns, we rate this on a scale from one to five. Starting with you, Craig, how many clowns do you rate this? Uh, I'll <laughs> give it 20, 20 stars out of, 20 <laughs> out of five. <laughs> yeah. This movie really breaks the scales. scale. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so David, how many, how many do you rate it? Well, I'll give it I'll give it four pies in the face out of five. Oh, <laughs> nice. I'm gonna eat the other one. Yeah, with a cherry on the top, yeah. <laughs> and yourself, Vicky? I'd give it four, four and a half. I I love it. I thought it's fun, it was entertaining. And it's an it's an energetic kind of scary movie because it's always yeah. a movie. Yes. And what about yourself, John? I'm gonna give it a four and a half as well. Um I I just think it's like if I can rewatch a movie and find the joy and the nostalgia of watching it, then it definitely is like something that, you know, I'll definitely, definitely watch it again, you know, and <laughs> yeah, highly recommend. And you said that? Uh, definitely four 30 something year old teenagers out of five. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> everybody, everybody in this film portraying a teenager was definitely in their thirties. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. yeah. Like walking Greece all over again. Ralph yes, Macchio. Yes. Though there was a meme, there was a meme that went out and it was like, why does every kid in the classroom looks like they're their mom and dad? Because like it goes around the classroom and all the girls have the big hair and they're like the, yeah. the outfits and the guys, same thing, all this like hair and everything and so it's like the running joke is everyone in the 80s was actually 30 something <laughs> they're not 20 and what about yourself Joe how many do you rate it four and a half too because it's for for um for what it is and for for what they were working with it's phenomenal uh yeah. you could tell they didn't have a lot of money you could tell that it was a it was a passion project and you like I like to rate things on a scale and for for what they had versus what came out it's a four and a half easy um it's a lot of fun for a movie that's you know made with so little money myself i'm gonna give it um four and a half as well i i mean it's i mean i own you know i bought the video i bought the dvd i now have the blu-ray 
the I got to sit there and say it's really worth buying the DVD or the Blu-ray because there's some fantastic documentaries about this on the the I mean, just, yeah. good, The one I picked up a couple weeks ago is only like five bucks too, so it's pretty cheap to pick up now. Yeah, and you know. I, I know there's talk about a sequel, and, and the kind of way I hope they don't make one because I got a feeling it. Gonna suck. Yeah, we're living in a different time now, and different. This is ways true. Of looking at things, and it'll know. offend the fuck out of everybody. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you know, and I don't know. I mean, the thing is, like, there's an innocence about this that there, there yeah. might not be with a sequel. Because yeah. you know, society now is a little bit more jaded as far as and you know what you find in horror films now, a little bit more jaded, yeah. a little bit more pitched on as far as your characters are inside horror films, and you know, and it'd be. I mean, if they do make one, I will watch it because I have to sit right. there and say that I would never have thought that Chucky lasted long in the Chucky TV series. Was brilliant, I love that. So I love the I love the Chucky. It's series. got a whole new audience now. Yeah. 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 So there might still be, you know, so they still might be able to keep the aesthetics because I mean Chucky's keeping his aesthetics, you know, adding it, adding to it, and keeping the mythos going. So I guess we'll just have to see what kind of who's pumping money into it, and how much control they have, and how much they lead to the original team, how much control they have. So yeah, it'd be kind of interesting if they put humans in between two different alien races, so aliens of clowns or like you know what I mean, like have it be like a three ring circus. You know, so you're literally like, <laughs> they come to this town to, you know, take humans and consume yeah. them, but then other aliens are int- infringing on that. And like, whatever those aliens are, or whatever those clowns are like, or like the, the half cousins of them or whatever, you know, and make it a three-ring right. circus. That'd be kind of cool. And I like aliens that come down to Earth and feed on people. I think that's quite a good thing to do. I, I know. It's like they're Big Macs. <laughs> as, um, as far as uh, follow-ups, um, <laughs> while logging while logging this on Letterbox, I put in Killer and then KL and Killer Cleavage from Outer Space. Like <laughs> 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 yeah. Angel. Oh, there y'all go. You guys all watch it. Get back I to wa- me. I want to watch the trailer. I'm disappointed. There's no clowns. There's no clowns <laughs> in the trailer. <laughs> cleavage from Outer Space. <laughs> <laughs> like the balloons and the one. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to be no. able to get into this with no clowns. <laughs> you know you're a classic film when they make a porn version of you. Yeah, exactly. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder what the wonder what the porn version of it is, Tit. Well, this brings us to Bad Taste, which is a 1987 New Zealand science fiction comedy horror film directed, produced, and photographed by Peter Jackson, who also stars and co-wrote the screenplay along with Tony Hiles and Ken Hammond. Independently produced on a low budget, it is Jackson's first feature film. Jackson's and friends take on most of the key roles, both on and off screen. The plot line sees aliens invade the fictional New Zealand village of to harvest humans for their intergalactic fast food franchise, where they face off against a four-man paramilitary force. The film provided Jackson with the leverage necessary to advance in the film industry, which will lead to um, um, two more horror films, then Heavenly Creatures afterwards. And since it's released, that takes to become a cult film and has generally received positive reviews. The film was made for... 
$25,000. It took four years. It did take four years to do. Right back with bad taste. We've got trouble. Good one. Right, we're on our way. Damn. Let's get in there and hit the leader. Natural License Podcast, and we're discussing Bad Taste from 1987, the New Zealand Peter Jackson first feature. Starting with you, Chad, what are your thoughts about Bad Taste? This is an indie author's wet dream, is what this is. <laughs> because I know I, I put out things, and some some people are like, oh my god, this is absolute shit. I hate this. That's fine, because Peter Jackson released a movie in 1987 called Bad Taste, and 10 years later, he was winning the Oscar for Lord of the Fucking Rings. This movie is my mantra, just like the line that he says, I'm a Derek, and Derek's don't run. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's almost exactly what I I was going to say. I saw Bad Taste at the cinema when it opened um and when i came to england it was one of the first dvds not the first videos i bought when i came over here in 1988 and um i think it's a really fun film i mean it's very it's very new zealand it's a very new zealand very new zealand (laughs) but it also gets it also gives me that evil dead vibe where basically a bunch of friends got together and said let's make a movie and they did (laughs) and it looked and like I Def Leppard versus the aliens. Either. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And especially like when you go through, you know, when you look at the end credits and you realize that everyone that's acting in it is doing the camera work on it. They're doing the special effects on it. Yeah. yeah. The, you know, it's like, basically it's like, you know, this group and these same people are the same people that 
work together and Frighteners and Heavenly Creatures and wow. Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and King Kong. And this whole team are still together to this day, which wow. I mean, my hat's off to, you know, and it's quite interesting with Bad Chase to be able to give you that individual low budget and like, you know, and let's face it. I mean, it's not Australia, it's New Zealand. So when they're able to get a film to get off the shores of New Zealand to hit around the world, it's something yeah. quite phenomenal. And, and Peter Jackson was not a name at all. And this film got off the, you know, this film that wasn't released because of Lord of the Rings. It was filmed way before, and I, you know, my hat's off. Did you he know, do? It wasn't part of the Australian movies. boom that we were coming through. It wasn't part of the Mad Max frame. This is a New Zealand film, hmm. and it got out into the world. And you know, my hat's off to it for that for that alone sort of thing. And the special what, effects were way better than what we saw in the Hobbit trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> you mean all that chicken falling out of the back of his head? Oh, they did a lot of hiking along this. Yeah, was that chicken? That looked like chicken parts. It had to be. It was great. I, I just laughed that he just kind of like shoves it back in, and he's like, "I'm he good." He's wrapping his head <laughs> up. <laughs> so like, I what a part of the part of it I love is just the humor in it, and like just the fact that he's like, "I'm gonna keep going." <laughs> Yeah, like a little energizer bunny. He just kept going. The pieces of the other train and sticks it in his head. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, so funny. And and like like John was uh, John was talking about earlier. They 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 made it on so little money. Yeah, you know, um, it took four years to build to do though. I think it took a long time. Through a lot of catch up, I think (laughs) (laughs) a lot of catch up. Yeah, a lot of Kool Aid and catch up. You know. Uh, the part that got me I, okay i was eating dinner when i was watching <laughs> this guys okay oh and, gosh and, and I, I watch i watch a lot of horror during meal times and it, it doesn't bother me but don't the scene you. where they're passing the big bowl around and eating oh. it that, that was a problem oh, for me too oh, that, yeah. i had to say that was a problem because the guys grew like. up in it i don't even know what the hell that was all about but that grossed me out too and it takes a lot to yeah. like make me cringe but just yeah. something like that the guy throwing up and everybody Drinking it made me cringe. Oh, and I, yeah. love, I love how his friends like. Did you just drink chub? <laughs> so good. Uh, what was that uh, supposed what? to be? Gruel? He said it was. Or yeah, gr- or ch- he called. Well, he said chub. I mean, you throw up, but like, yeah, gruel. Uh, um, I the part that I also liked is when Derek falls, and you're like, oh, he's dead. And then when he when he when he leans or he lifts himself up, it's like the dead pel- uh, pelican. Is it a pelican? <laughs> and it's like a, you can clearly see it's a fake pelican. <laughs> and you're just like, oh my god, it was so good. I was laughing so hard with the little. It's all crushed. <laughs> yeah. I, I like the premise about harvesting. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I like the premise for the story about humans being harvested. I thought it was really clever. Hmm. Um, and th- there's a Torchwood episode. Um, I think it's called the Countryside, as in like it's spelled like Homicide, where there's like a, oh, a family yeah. of aliens living in a cottage in the middle of the wilderness, and they're basically right. humans and eating their bodies and stuff. Mm. Um, so mm. I think that might be a nod to Bad Taste. Yeah, might be. Um, next time you watch that program from Torchwood, look who wrote, look who wrote one of the screenwriters on it. You'll be interested in that. <laughs> What, what, what I like, Chad said, that, you know, the, the, the trajectory of, of Peter Jackson's career after this. Yeah, you, you wouldn't know it watching this. But I'm like, there's a scene where they come around, they come around the corner and there's Peter Jackson eating out of somebody's fucking open skull. 
Yeah. And I sat yeah. there <laughs> and my exact words were best picture director and screenplay yes. winner, yeah. Peter Jackson. <laughs> Fucking triple threat. He yeah. won he yeah. won the big three. And there he is eating goop out of a skull. It's hard to think that he had an epiphany. <laughs> also, I was talking to you guys about it. <laughs> he had an epiphany to come up with Lord of the Rings. You see him do bad taste, and then you see Lord of the Rings. Like, wow. Yeah. Seriously, uh, wow. If you want to see Peter Jackson's early career, you must also see Meet the Feebles at some point in your life. Yeah. What is it? Meet the, Meet the Feebles. Meet it's the what Feebles. happens when the Muppet oh, Show goes so X-rated. It's so oh. wrong. <laughs> Oh my gosh! I have to, and, definitely have to watch that. And my favorite film of his is still to this day Heavenly Creatures, which I, I think is just a fucking brilliant, it's, phenomenal movie. I love Brain Dead. Brain Dead's I great too. Or Dead Alive in the US. Like, yeah, Dead Alive in the great States. Office. Yeah, it's great. And the, the Frighteners. I really love the Frighteners as well. Frighteners is fantastic. Uh, I was watching a um, got, um, an interview with Peter Jackson. He said that Lord of the Rings and made his career but it also ruined his creativity because he says that now the films he said his favorite films he loved doing was bad taste frighteners right. brain dead or dead or alive and films like that and he says he's not even a lot he's like but he can't they won't even give him money to make those kind of films anymore yeah because i think they just take things too seriously and i right. think it's and for here that you could tell like you know it is a passion project for this guy and then he, right. he had his friends and you could tell you could tell by the way everything was produced and how they were just having fun producing this film and when you get into studio everything <laughs> has to be a certain way and a certain direction a certain it just you just it takes the fun out of it all you know and it's got to be something that makes a billion dollars on the first weekend or we're going to consider it a failure. Yeah, well, a lot of movies we all know did not make a billion dollars in the first weekend and they weren't considered failure. So it's just a matter of... Yeah, or, or it has to create a cinematic universe. Right. Yeah. That that's, too. That's, my, that's a big issue I'm having with everything now because uh, even uh, about a year or two ago when I was pitching something uh, that I had written... Uh, one of the questions that I was asked was, is there a way we can connect this to an existing IP? And I went, no, I fucking came up with it. I, d- I, yeah. I don't, I don't want well, to connect they, it to an They want IP. things to be franchisable, right? So you right. don't just want a movie. You want it to be a, a, you know, a movie, a book, a series, a, you know, it's like, you know, and it's, it's lucrative that way, but like sometimes and Marvel, no one knows yeah. better than them. You know? Sometimes you don't want things to be franchisable because it's one story, you know, and it, it should be enough. Like he said, you know, killer clowns that yeah. it is kind of scary to say, don't make another one. Cause this is good on its own. When you keep going, you keep messing and, tw- you know, tweaking things. It it's can nice make it worse. Yeah. And it's a classic. And, and then it, it becomes like a cult in its own sort of yeah, thing, and it, right. it sort of launches itself. And that's the beauty of films like this, I yeah. think. Because they say it all in that first one, and it doesn't really need to be repeated, you know, yeah. in a sense, like, you know, so, and it's just well, like, you know, drawing it out. Like, another good thing about Bad Taste is if you notice, if you, there's a lot of little things that you can tell what Peter Jackson loves. For instance, he gives a dot to um, Tom Savini. That's where he comes up with all the special effects and how to do that. Um, yeah. This is the beginning of it, and you'll see it in all his New Zealand films, um, which is the Morris Minor. He made sure there was a Morris Minor in every single one of his films, which gives a nod to 
Evil Dead, where they made sure that the car that Sam Raimi made sure that car was in every single film that he that he did. <laughs> right. um, you also know that he's a fan of Doctor Who because at one point he sits there and goes, um, "You know, maybe the aliens came down in a, um, a blue telephone box." So, <laughs> that's always, right. That line was in there. Well, it is. Um, <laughs> and he's obviously a big fan of squirting too, because there was a lot of squirting in this movie. Oh yeah, the blood. Oh, yeah, red gets, blood. Like, Very red blood. Stabs him and like, squirts it right in the eye. That part, part of me is like, oh my god, is it going to turn? That I was like, oh, it's not like a zombie thing. It's like literally an alien thing. But I saw. Here he goes again. Squirt. <laughs> Yeah, let that go viral. Indie author claims P- director Peter Jackson is fond of squirting. Yeah, let's. Uh... <laughs> and I I'll have take to that. Say, think, of, think of bad taste, have the movie in your mind, and guess where it premiered at? The 1987 Cannes Film Festival. Oh, yeah. I saw that, and I was like, wow. I, I saw that, and I was like, bravo for them to get it to Cannes? I mean, geez, it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> You know that to have Peter a Jackson there, an unknown student. I mean, it's a student film, really. Right. Yeah. You're spending four years spending doing it on weekends because you're working behind the, you know, working your Monday through Friday job, and you're doing this on weekends. And basically, he's like, okay, we're gonna have our premiere at Ken's. I mean, that must have been like. It would know, be amazing if he if, if produced just, it himself. So that means that was, you know, because it wasn't attached to a film company or anything like this. Wingnut Films is Wing Peter Jackson's film. Yeah. film company. They didn't weren't they weren't doing other films for other people or anything like this. So basically, this is his own money, and this is him and his friends pushing it in that direction. So this is a labor of love between friends being able to get this out there and do that. I would love to see him and Edgar Wright do a movie together because that would just be brilliant because it would it kind of would allow him to have that right because I I wonder if he does have that jealousy that Edgar Wright is kind of doing that like he's making these films that are like just like fun and you know it but it feels like it feels like you're with your friends watching this film but like it feels like the actors and and just everyone who works in it you're like i would love to be on that set to see how that was created you know you know kevin Um, smith is still doing it too though with with the low budget horror like tusk and i know he has another one that's coming out it should be out already and then it got delayed that movie disturbed me greatly yeah yeah there's a movie he has coming out (laughs) called uh it's called kill kilroy was here is oh, a really? is a new <laughs> Kevin Kevin Smith horror movie that's that's uh, going to be done by Sticks. Uh, you know, it would be awesome <laughs> if it, if it was, uh, but <laughs> it's uh yeah, it should should be out already. I'm not sure what the delay is, but that's an upcoming Kevin Smith horror movie. When I was uh, when I was living in L.A., they showed Tusk at the the Cinerama Dome, and uh, Kevin Smith was actually there in the audience, and he comes on stage afterwards, and I remember his first words after that were. Honestly, whatever you think about this movie, you're right. If you think it's the greatest movie ever made, you're right. I love this movie. If you think it's the dumbest thing you've ever, yeah. seen, you've ever seen, you're right. It's the yeah. dumbest movie I've ever made. <laughs> and, I, yeah. and I remember just going, yeah, that's... It was disturbing for some reason. I don't know why it disturbed me. I found it unsettling. You don't know why it was disturbing? <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, we've seen some we really rank shit, John. Like, no spoilers aside, but it's like one of those where you're like, what the hell? At the end of it, you're like, oh, my God. <laughs> It's just so well, twisted. we've watched some ranker stuff we've discussed on here before, but that one kind of you know why you know why it is because they weren't dead. Like it, it yeah, maybe torture maybe so. leads to that, but like that's worse than death. That that is worse. That, I would want somebody to kill me if that was me at the yeah. end of that movie. Please I'm sure he me. did too. <laughs> 
God, that was terrible. Uh, did you know that Peter Jackson baked all of the mass in his mother's oven? For this no, movie? I did yeah. not know that. Yeah. <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> and there, they had a combination of blank firearms, firing arms and homemade weapon props that were made of like recycled aluminum and wood. And they had right. to shake them to stimulate recoil. So I guess they're going, Boop, you know. Oh, to, to go like that, to make it look like yeah. it fires. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot of that going on, too. In this and they too, were right? shooting a lot of yeah. shit. So, I mean, yeah, I thought it was kind of really over the top how they were shooting those Tommy guns. But it was very Rambo. And I never would have expected Rambo. it. From, very Rambo. I never would expect it from Derek. Because Derek felt like very much like I was watching Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And he was Giles, like the nerd. Yes. The quiet, nerdy one who is, like, doing the research. <laughs> He pulled out that and that bag, which was apparently like the magic bag, because right. he's pulling everything out of that bag, and he pulls out the freaking he pulls out his lunch, you know, and then he pulls out the, yeah the gun. Oh my god, that was so good. It's, it's yeah, it seems to have a lot of Zucker Brothers style comedy in it too. Yeah. Actually, now that you mentioned that, um, it, so yeah, that's a, that's another one that that Peter Jackson seems to have, to have had some reverence for. I also think that it has a lot of um, schoolboy humor all the way through it. Oh, definitely. I mean, even well, even when you get to the name of what agency they're working for, I mean, you catch what it means. Well, I mean, the, the, yeah, the Astro Investigation Defense System or AIDS. We work for. I AIDS. thought that was a little <laughs> odd. <laughs> it, it's twenty-five-year-olds making a movie, you know. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, no, it's, that's yeah, that's not the thing I like about it, fun about it because. It has that twenty-five frat boy feel about it. Yeah, yeah. we were That's all young said. once and obnoxious. Some of us are still obnoxious, but well, <laughs> next that just that go into the charge are all like just kind of chilling and hanging out, and then the moment action happens, they're like, "Let's hop in the car," you know, and then they're like going to get to there. It's like go go Midwest, and that happens all the time. People are just kids are just hanging out. Like, what? Let's get into trouble. Okay, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> And actually, I saw a movie recently. It was an independently produced movie out of Ohio. I was uh, judging for the um, uh, the Twisted Dreams Film Festival in uh, in Milwaukee, and a movie came uh, came across called Bong of the Living Dead. And what was if, it? Bong of the Living Dead. Bong, like as in you know, smoking pot, as like a bong. Right? bong? <laughs> yes, as in bong. Yeah, and yeah. it's. It, it, I, I now now thinking about it, it, it did kind of remind me a, a little bit of of bad taste. It kind of had that that kind of atmosphere of just these were a bunch of friends getting together, having fun, making a movie, and their sense of humor just carries over. Um, and uh, yeah, that, that that's actually I, I just thought of it now because uh, the Blu-ray is coming out in a couple of weeks, and I'm actually going to pick it up. It's the only movie that I think I saw at that festival that uh, that that impressed me that much, actually. Uh, voted for it to win. I don't remember if it did or not. Um, but that that's one. If you guys like bad taste, check out Bong of the Living Dead. Bong um, of the Never heard of that one. <laughs> it's it's co- the Blu-ray's coming out in like a month. It it, uh, it only played at film festivals, so it didn't uh it's it's getting a, it's getting a release now finally. I had a table a couple of years ago at Texas Frightmare Weekend when I was selling books and uh the guy who did Velocipaster had a table right across from me. Oh my god, that movie! <laughs> Velocipaster. <laughs> that that guy was just pure freaking fun. Just watching him interact with people throughout the weekend, man. And that's this is a, that's a very similar movie to this. And just it, it never 
you, you can tell it's not taking itself seriously and it's just made for pure entertainment. And that, that really ended I up really changing for a while that release. Australian and New Zealand horror films because they're so off kilter. There's some there's no off kilter and all their stuff over there. It's just slightly off that makes it interesting. You know, whether it's um killer the one you know, the film about the killer sheep. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, black sheep. Black sheep. Or what about the one about the killer tire? <laughs> oh rubber. Was, oh, oh what yeah. was that? Oh, rubber. Yeah. Rubber. Oh my god, that movie. I was like I, I started watching and everybody goes, Well, what the hell? You might as well watch it. It looks okay. But it was kind of legit. Killer rubber tire. I can't. Um, I want to watch Wormwood because I realized I just haven't seen I love the new one. Wormwood. I know. I haven't seen the new one because I was like, oh my God, you just reminded me. I'm like, that movie. I, yeah. But even if you look at like um, Road Games with Jamie Lee Curtis, I mean, that is a film that is, has a Mad Max. They all have this kind of. It's like. It's, a, it's kind of. A, it's, they, I mean, they're speaking English. You're kind of listening to them talk. You're kind of watching how they're putting their movies together and their scripts and stuff like that. But it's just everything's just so off. You know, it's not. It's not. It's not an English film. It's not an American film. It's like this kind of weird thing in between. It's not, <laughs> and the humor is very different as well. But I, I quite like it because it's there's a darkness through everything that they do. Even if you're watching their comedies, whether it's Strictly Ballroom or Mario's Wedding or Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, or yeah. or their TV series, or even the way that they look at things. And that's what I quite like about Australia and New Zealand um, stuff coming out there. I mean, brain dead or alive or brain dead. I mean, the humor in that is just so different. I mean, so interesting. Even even Frighteners has that same thread all the way through it. That just something to even the humor and everything's just different. And that's what I quite like about. And that's what I quite like about Bad Taste because the thing is like. You're watching it, and it's like, you know, you got the board and everything like that, but then you see the way they're interacting with each other, and just some of the stuff that they're saying, you're like, did he? and then you think, did he just say that? You know what I yeah. mean? <laughs> yeah. But, but that's now, interestingly that... enough, Derek, one of the reasons why the character's <laughs> name is Derek, and Derek in New Zealand in terms is someone who is, if someone's a Derek, that means they're a doofus or a nerd or a geek or someone. Yeah. That, someone name who, earned. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but that that is actually a New Zealand slag. Is oh, they're such a Derek. Well, and the whole Derek saves the world at the end, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was just saying, goes up in the house. Galactic superhero could be the could be the yeah. sequel. <laughs> he has been reborn, after all. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the last line in the whole film. That's that's one thing about the early Peter Jackson movies versus the, this stuff more recently is it had a lot more personality. Yeah, uh, and that—that's something that I feel like his movie started missing. Maybe after, after Lord of the Rings, because yeah, there's probably a lot more studio interference now. Well, it's also that creative freedom you don't have. Like when you're making your own film, you kind of really get to say whatever the hell you want to, right? Like if you're the director, producer, writer, actor, you could be like, "Should we do this? Yeah, let's do it." You know, like versus <laughs> like studio. Can you imagine like creating a whole scene and them just being like? Yeah, no, we we take that out, and you're like, <laughs> like I really, I mean, I really want that in, and they're like, no, I'm good, we don't want that, right? Or no, do it this way, and you're like, uh, okay, you know, you're paying me, sure, why not, you know? You you can only get away with that if you're like Quentin Tarantino or Martin Scorsese or someone on that level, yeah. Because they can be like, no, fuck you, I'll take this somewhere else, and they'll put it out. Yeah. 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 
I also think he's lost a bit of his spark, and I think that came when he did The Hobbit. I don't think he wanted to do The Hobbit. Yeah. I think oh, he felt he had obligated that he had to because he did Lord of the Rings, and because um, that that was, and you could tell that Lord of the Rings was his very big, his love. Epic. Like King Kong, yeah. you watch King Kong, which he's he's covering and I make, yeah. remake, um, and all Does he have anything to do with the new series that's coming on Amazon? Like um, it's, it's produced by Wita, and they're yeah. doing some effects and stuff like that. I was that. just wondering because I saw that during um, Super Bowl, the ad for the new Lord of the Rings pre stuff that happened pre Hobbit. Even, even before the Hobbit, I feel like the Lovely Bones. He kind of started slipping a little bit. I loved yeah. that movie. I thought that was disturbing too. Yeah, that was like a heartbreaking film for me. That was, was a very like, hard uh, one to watch. It we're was. reviewing that. Yeah. There's that a new movie the that's com- doing an adaption as well, doing an adaption for a best-selling book as well, sort of thing. And and I also think there's a lot of um, there's a lot of uh, I think he had problems because there's a lot of interference from the studio and Lovely Bones. You're saying hmm. that's probably that's probably why because that was the first film in his run. Like it's kind of missing, kind of missing his personality. There's a new film that's coming out that's very lovely bones, and now I can't remember the name of it, but it's it's similar to the style of that film. Right. I, I mean, at the moment, I mean, you can you can tell when he, I mean, at the moment, if you got Disney Plus, he's the one that's done that whole the Beatles documentary that's in that's about eighteen hours long. I have not caught that, and I had forgotten. I had completely forgotten about it until. I noticed that they had the Beatles all in the front seat of that car. Right. <laughs> yes. That's what it reminded me of too. Oh my God. That was so funny. It looked, it looked like they were sitting in the front seat. I've got to get something like that for my car. I just love that stuff. It's so fun. But I mean, he hasn't made a film since 2014. Ah, has it been that, that long? long? Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess if we don't count the documentary on the Beatles, then then, then yeah, I mean, as a, I, he, as a movie. I would say when he was doing the Lord of the Rings, I mean, that was a huge chunk of his life right there. That God, yeah, those films were back to back to back. To, I mean, that's that's a lot to do. Imagine it's like you want to do one film and they're like, no, we want you to do all three of the films together. No, and actually, that was, that was his decision there that um, they want. He wanted to do Lord of the Rings, and they um, and he, he goes, "Oh, we'll let you do one." He goes, "No, I need, I want total one hundred percent control of doing all three films my way with no yeah. interference whatsoever." And that's why it was all done in New Zealand that way because no New Zealand's hell to get to. I mean, yeah. from America, it's a twelve-hour yeah. journey. From the UK, yeah. it's a twenty-four-hour journey. But that's I why think. it looks so epic, by the <laughs> way. Except, but it's so beautiful, as, a, as opposed to yes. doing everything CGI. Can you imagine how? I mean, we'll see how this series is because I don't right. know how it was filmed. But if he did everything CGI, it would have been a shit of a movie. It, yeah. it just would have. It would have taken away from the the majesticness of the film, the epicness of the film. Like, imagine it's like every scene you'd be like, uh, "This it's is clearly a studio." Scenery. I know. I mean. You can see it when you watch, what was it, Xena Warrior Princess. I think they did that in New yeah. Zealand, too. What a Yeah, Hercules country. and that Xena, they did both. Such a beautiful yeah. country. Well, I mean, I you, go. You, see, you do see some of the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit in Brain Dead. Definitely. The cliff top that he's hanging off to was used. In the, you know, he films everything around Wellington, New Zealand, as well. So, which gives it a nice aesthetic and stuff like this. 
Oh, yeah. this, I mean, this movie is, I mean, people can say what they want about it because, and people will, they always do. Yeah. Uh, this, this movie is, is, it's an influence on me, you know, seeing where he came from to what he became. It's inspirational. It, yeah. it is. And yeah. I, I've, I've got a brand new camera set up and green screens, and I've got an entire movie studio in a closet right now because I just, I can't pick myself up to begin. I've, I've always wanted to do a film but I don't know what I want to do. And yeah. when I watched this the other night, I was like, my God, I should just get up off my ass and do it. Yeah. So, or know, even do a short, right? Do something that is small, start out that way and do, you know what I mean? Like, shorts could be painful too. Yeah. But, I, but it's <laughs> yeah. also like, to me, yeah. it's like those passion projects. I see so many people doing things that you're like, um, there's, there's a guy. And this one woman, they do these like really short five to 10 minute horror. They're so good. I mean, they're so good. And I, I'm like, that. that's a fan who was just like, you know what? I thought of this idea. Let's just do it. And and I'm sure they had their friends like, we're going to shoot it here. We're going to do it here. And it's like. They got and- one on, was it Amazon or not? it's called two minute horror stories or something like that. Two minute. Yeah. Gary's is that what you're talking about no it just was a it was something that I, I'm on YouTube all the time and right. there's uh there's influencers that I watch and they right. bring up some of these this just happened to be one I mean I'm sure you saw it. it's like the one where the woman goes to go to bed and she turns her light off and you see a silhouette yes yes and then yes. she turns it back yeah, on and like oh like so they did they did five of them and one was like um people moving into their new home and every time they put something in the closet, the closet was duplicating things. So the the wife had the idea of shoving the husband in there. And then all of a sudden the husband was duplicated. And I mean, it was, that was, I mean, it was so good. God, but, I don't know what to do with one of them, let alone two of them. But they're like small little things. Like, I take things away. I yeah. my closet to do that. Yeah, disappear. <laughs> well, that one was trippy because so she goes into the closet and then she comes out and then she sees herself. But then imagine you seeing yourself and you're like, well, who's a real one. <laughs> so nice. it's a little bit of a like standoff, like, Oh, I'm killing you. No, I'm killing you. Cause I'm the real, like I'm the real one, you know? And <laughs> like triangle. Oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. 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 Oh, family guy. <laughs> With Stewie. I believe that. What did he do this <laughs> film? He did this film in 1987 and then 2001, he come out with Lord of the Rings. I don't think the Hobbit was first, right? No, no. Hobbit was after. Yeah, it was after. Yeah, but that, that's just amazing, though. I mean, it really. I mean, that's what I was telling Joe and and Keith. I go, God, he must have had a massive epiphany someday. It's like I'm just going to do Lord of the Rings. I'm going to do this yeah. sweeping I mean, saga. Always you wanted know? to do it. Well, you can oh, see yeah. this is he must in have a way had a love for it. You could tell this is you know? a kind of epic saga for him. Like this movie was like. It was not, it was fast paced, moving, you know, going, and it was, it was an adventure, right? So he created that adventure out of his head. You it know was I mean? nothing like, but human suffering and, yeah. and just the perseverance. And I mean, you're tired after you watched it the first time, weren't you? It's like, oh, oh yeah. God, they still oh, yeah. haven't made it to friggin' Mordor. I've yeah. got another movie. <laughs> <laughs> you know or it's just a war after war after war it's like how many how are any of them alive still <laughs> oh god they're just i love them though you just I, they're, i'll turn them on no matter what i i just love them they're like my yeah. favorite some of my favorite films the thing about jackson though you can if he watches films in succession you can see 
how he's tweaking. Like, you watch this, then you watch Meet the Feebles. There's a tweak there that happens when you meet the Feebles. And that's, you know, he's using um, puppets and stuff like this. But the story, the script is a lot more together with that. Yeah. And then he tweaks it again, and then we get Dead or Alive or Brain Dead. It's basically, we right. get, like, a different aesthetic, which will get a cleaner look, a cleaner, all look, you know, uh, motion picture look with that. So we're not going to ever we get, get any horror genre from him again? Is that what y'all think, or...? Well, he says it's impossible for him to get funding to do horror unless he funds it himself. But at the moment, he seems to be stuck in his documentary world. At the moment, the World War II one, they just won an, you know, one right. on that one. And the Beatles one's probably going to win quite a few as well. But then we get like Heavenly Creatures, where basically he's like, okay, well, I got the aesthetics right. Now I need to do a human interest story. And then again, we, but then he does. That's something a bit weird with it. I mean, when he mixes in the fantasy that's going on with the Mario Baba, uh, Mario Baba, the Mario um, opera singer, L- Lorenzo, Mario Lanza. Mario, Mario Lanza. Lanza, and he mixes yeah. that. And I had to sit there and say, Heavenly Creatures is probably one of those movies where both actresses are fully working to this day, sort of thing. Kate yeah. Winslet's first movie, and um, what's her name from Yellow Jackets? Melanie Linsky. Sort of thing, and the only time I've ever seen that happen probably was, was great movie, you know, um, Mario's Wedding, where you got Tony Tony Collette and yeah. um, Rachel, what's her name from Brothers and Sisters, Rachel yeah, Griffin. Rachel Griffin. So yeah. Those two leads actually has, started taking over the world, and yeah. and it has one of the most disturbing and heart wrenching murder scenes I've ever seen in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Heavenly yeah. creatures. Yeah, heavenly creatures does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. It, heavenly creatures remind me of Virgin Suicides for some reason. Just that. You know nothing's going to come out good from this, like at yeah. all, and you just know it's just got this. You get a, a, a perpetual sinking feeling. That's what I got from that movie. You just are like, not n- nothing's going to come out as good. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, what I like about Heavenly Creatures is um, what happened to them after they got out of jail. Like in the story behind that, you find out that they the condition that once they were released, they could never see each other. Yeah know each other and neither one ever got married either they still have this love for each other that they can't see each other and they still have this love for each other that they can't actually experience yeah yeah and the movie doesn't give you what the future is but the movie once you know what happened and then you go back and watch the movie that that's all still there well it's quite it's a clever way of doing it sort of thing that you know and yeah i mean gave us kate winslet who would have thought yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, she's a pretty good actress though I mean with, I think another thing I like about Bad Taste it does give me that Evil Dead I mean Evil Dead's another one with the original it's one of those films where a bunch of people a bunch of friends got together and let's make a movie and they shot yeah. it you know weekends and stuff like this and they gave us you know a classic you know yeah yeah, total cult following for sure. That still is reemerging in different ways, which is again this this was I don't think was ever intended to be a franchise at all. I think it was just an idea. Then it became another movie and another movie, and then it turned into a series, and now it's a game. I mean, it's just like it's you know. And there's an, and there's probably another movie coming out now. I think. Yeah, I mean, they're coming out of the game, which is. I think what the end of this year, Keith. I think or yeah, mid May. Yeah, it looks great, but it's you know. It, I it, would it, love to see a um, interview where Kevin Smith interviews Peter Jackson, only because going back to Lord of the Rings, um, 
there's this war between the Star Wars and the Lord of the Rings audiences, sort of thing. <laughs> with and and Clark's too has one of the best arguments. Is yes, about, um, you get these Star Wars people arguing with the Lord of the Rings, and and they go, "We oh and like, yeah, that's them, right, we love Lord of the Rings, we love Lord yeah. of the Rings." And the Star Wars people, it's a movie about walking. Everyone walks, even the trees <laughs> walk. <laughs> I forgot I about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you gotta love the fans. I'm telling you, they're like, it, you know, I always say it's even the Star Wars against the Star Trek fans. It's like, oh my god, yeah. like the Trekkies will lose their shit whenever you yeah. try to like come at them. Oh my god, it's amazing. Uh, you know, I, I was thinking about this too. This is not something I wrote in my notes. Just something that that hit me as as we were speaking. It, you know, we're talking about these these really low budget films that exist because a group of friends had a like-minded idea and they got together and they made it happen. And the reason that maybe we don't get these films today is because the definition of traditional friendship has changed so much, especially since the invention of social media and the internet, you know, like friends, like my closest friends are people that I have never met face-to-face there are people that exist in an online world i don't have those those friends anymore like you know i did in childhood high school where you know hey let's do something really dumb let's let's grab a camera and let's just go out and make this stupid shit yeah you know though that that type of thing and it has nothing to do with age i'm sure there are some people out there who are in their mid-40s like i am that have dumb friends still to this day (laughs) i don't yeah. And and most most kids, especially generations who grew up in the social media world, they they don't know their friends. They've ha- they've had longer relationships with people online and in chat rooms and in online gaming like Grand Theft Auto and things like yeah. Call of sad, Duty. Actually, too. Yes. But it's, but they don't know anything about their classmates. Yeah. Yeah. It's also interesting we take technology I think for granted too because back when you know in the 80s when a lot of it was emerging to have a tape recorder to record like me and my brothers were just stupid we would sit in a room and be like we're gonna do a radio show and we'd like tape record ourselves and like just and it's like now because everyone has a camera or everyone has like the technology it's kind of like it's like oh am i gonna really do this am i gonna use this for versus when you had an opportunity to get that technology i couldn't afford much i know growing up as a kid so my when my aunt got a camcorder, it was like what? <laughs> like you're gonna what? Yeah, like that was like big. It was like you gotta, you know. And she would record, you know, Christmas and things like that. And we would be like, can we make a movie or can we like that'd be kind of cool? Like now, I just think we we all kind of in some ways do take like you were saying, your stuff is all in the closet, right? Yeah, it, totally. it's sort of like we take that for granted. We're like, oh, well, I have it. I'll get to it, you know, and I'll use it whenever. When we were younger, it was like a big thing. It was like a big thing to have something like that. You know. Well, then again, we didn't have all these channels and social media, Netflix yeah. and Amazon Prime. We had to find yeah. ways to do things and entertain ourselves. We had to be creative and imaginative. That mm. is a problem, I think, these days to some extent yeah. sometimes, too. Well, yeah, overload. I do kind of miss the early, the early days when I was first making films at like the school of visual arts, where it was just, this is due next week. And I just grabbed my brother and two friends and be like, Hey, listen, uh, I, I need to shoot this by next week. Uh, can we like, just do it this weekend? And I, I, I kind of do miss that. I, I miss yeah. being able to just kind of do because now everything, 
I, I, when you're when you're doing things on a little bit more of a professional level, even slightly more, you want everything to be perfect because now there's an expectation. Whereas 20 years ago, when I was a 21 year old kid, there was no expectation of anything. Yeah. Uh, if it sucked, it sucked, and it didn't matter. Now, uh, it, it's it's not as much fun anymore. And I um, and I think of Dave Camfield, who was the person who brought me onto this podcast. He is different than me in that he'll come up with something and he'll write it and he doesn't care if we don't, if he doesn't have a lot of money, he will find a way to get it done. I don't have that ability. Like yeah. I'm sitting there thinking, how much is this going to cost? Oh, well, if I do this, eh, I wouldn't be able to afford this. Meanwhile, Dave's just writing it and he's just yeah. knocking it out and he's making movies on like no money, getting distribution for him. Yeah. And it's phenomenal when you see people like that, because I can't, I, I think I it's also too you get uh, concerned with like fan base, right? And like how people see what you're producing. And I think a lot of that gets into creators' minds yeah. of like, what am I going to do with this, right? And how am I going to make this and present it to the world? Whereas when we had no social and no one was responding, the only critics that you really were or concerned about were other directors, other producers, other creators, right? Now anyone and their brother can take what you've created and just dump all over it, you know? So that I think their fear of toxic fans too are the ones that you that hinder us really from kind of exploring that those aspects of of just doing it, right? Like I I one point I was like I was telling a friend who was working on something. I was like, how are you going to make this? Because he was like, he was had this clear direction. Everything goes, I'm going to make it every single second, every single minute, every single hour. Like I'm going to, I'm just going to take it a little bit at a time. If you think so far down and worry about everything else, it's just never going to get done. And that's how he always approached things. And it was, you know, ambitious, but also he did it. He, every day he, he just moved and did. And, and lo and behold, like when he, his film was done, I was like, I'm just really impressed because I would be like, I think I get caught up in all of the, you know, craziness of like how, you know, that's the thing. It's, it's like, you have to have this really like narrow focus and you need to just see what, what needs to be done. And that's something that I I don't know that I'm able to do that anymore. Um, It it would be cool if he did a, a documentary on how he made this film, because I think it would just be from a, from a perspective of someone who is a creative person, you would be like, Oh wow! How did you just like go about making this film? Because I'm sure it, like the, you just woke up and you're like, I'm gonna, we're gonna go out and shoot today. <laughs> I had this idea, you know. I'm sure if you get the right DVD or the right Blu-ray, you'll be able to. to there's probably some audio commentary or something with Peter Jackson where he can tell you all that. Somebody uh, recently, because I, I keep talking about moving back to LA when I have the money, when I have the money, when I have the money, and somebody pointed out, I was like, you know, I've been hearing you say when I have the money for six, seven years now. I was like, why don't you just get out there and figure it out? And then all, you could always come back if it doesn't work. And I'm like, there is a truth to that. There is, because yeah. if you wait forever for the right moment, that right moment might never come. Why how many people I yeah. say, well, we can't afford to have kids. We can't, I mean, you're never going to have enough money to do everything you want to do. So, you know, in essence, maybe try to make that dream happen. We know you can do it. So. Well, another thing you don't necessarily, you know, family is not a reality or doesn't become a reality. LA, you can, there are a lot of people making films that have no, who are not even in LA. We have a person who does our dark shadows, um, and, and Sofraj, and he, mm-hmm. you know, he pieces stuff out of Virginia 
and he gets people like David Selby and all these actors to come in and he's producing it all himself and writing all the stuff and stuff like this. So I don't see why you'd have to be in kind of like, out of the box. I think the thing is you, um, you have to make, you have to make that first step. And if you believe in it, other people will start believing it as well. Then more people will come on board. Well, if you believe that you can do it, everybody else will start believing it. But but there's also the thing behind it is, is that are you in it for the money? Are you in it for the art? So yeah. Yeah. um, Now, if you're a writer, as you know, is that if you're a writer and you're not a director, that basically you're just a prostitute or whore for sale. Because yeah. you write it, and it's never going to be your image, and they're going to be whatever they yeah. want with it. Yeah. Good with that, that's fine. If you're not good with that, then you're going to have to learn how to use a camera and get more involved in that side yeah. of things. And yeah, and I, I had that. That's the problem. That's the problem with book writing. You know? I had to have that conversation with a friend of mine recently who is in LA, and he's wor- he's had a passion project he's worked on for years, and it's it's amazing how I've seen him grow in that project. And now he's at that point of pitching it and getting it out there. And I said, just understand that everything that you worked on, you can't be upset that if they take that and they're just hacked the hell out of it, right? And change so much about it because ultimately they want it to be a certain way. So they might like the general concept of what you're doing, but they're going to take that thing and just hack it apart. Mm -hmm. And you just have to be okay with that. So if it is like, like he said about the money, and you just want to sell it and you just don't care, then do it, right? Because and you get some sort of notoriety to it. But like when it comes to like your if it's a passion project, just do it. Cause he he produced like a kid's book. Oh my God. I mean, I was just shocked by his work and how he was able to do that. But he he's got stars in his eyes. And I said, be careful with that because mm-hmm. it's just dangerous when you want to create something because you know, people are going to dim that light because they're going to be like, nope, that's not the way I want it. I want it this way. You know, we paid for this. Nope. You know, and they make your life a living hell and versus you, you know, you losing that creative edge that you want, you know? Yeah. Cause the next thing you know, Palpatine returned somehow. We don't know how, but he did. <laughs> he just, he was cloned. What are you talking about? He's just always been in a test tube somewhere. <laughs> he, went inside the cupboard. he was in the cupboard. Well, I was say one of my personal, uh, I, I worked on Torchwood for an episode and let's just uh, let's just say I didn't get on with the director or the producer, um, but at the end of the day, you know, I got paid for my work. But because we didn't get on, he took my name off everything. Oh man! Well, I got the money, and I don't care. And then we, talk, yeah, and, you know, and I do get residual <laughs> from it, so I don't yeah. care. But but the thing is, and then you have to be careful because when stuff like that happens, you can't say anything, right? Yeah, yeah, you can't. You know, you know, or you can go to you can go to litigation forever, and they have the money to afford litigation. You don't. Right. <laughs> You're just kind of like, right. oh, okay, you know. Yeah, so that's why. But there I is no perfection, only perfect intent. I put it through my company, and then get that way. So. I also love the idea too that we've all watched things and we're like, how the f- <laughs> how the hell did this get created? And you're like. It got created. The person created it, and they figured out a way, and it's out there. So you you kind of have to have that mindset too. Like, look, everyone has a vision, and it, for that person, it was a passion project. And at the end, they might not have even gotten the, the results they wanted, but hey, they did it, and they got it out yeah. there, right? And they really? created, you know, Brazilla or you know, Brazilla, <laughs> whatever. You know, it's like they created what they created. And they stuck with it because they saw a movie out there now. So, I mean, someone got money to make that. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I would say to anyone out there who's like young and um, starting out, and that, I would say just experiment as much as possible. Like, um, you know, try try a what you know one twenty millimeter film or try thirty five mil. Even you know, get go on eBay and get like a, an old fashioned Lubitol Russian camera with a plastic lens. You know, just just play around and and then you can you can always revert back to it in the future and use it as a retrospective. And it might even help you or guide you, you know, in, yeah, in what yeah. you're doing. Because yeah. I remember I met this lady called Ju- Julie Scott. I think it was 2012, and she just came into the bookshop that I was working in, and we got chatting. And she's that she wrote and sang a song called San Salvador, which was like a Euro, Euro pop song. <laughs> and then I said, Oh, why don't we do a music video? <laughs> so basically what I did, I filmed, I filmed a lava lamp reflecting into a bath. Okay. And then <laughs> they used it for the music video for head candy. Um, so it looks, it's really surreal and you just see like blobbing things, but something as simple as that, but it, it's all about experimenting yeah. and yeah. mucking yeah. around and enjoying Every, every lens has a lesson, right? So you, you just <laughs> have to experiment. You know. And just and then, well, was, how much are you paying me? I don't care what yeah. you <laughs> Who was it we were talking <laughs> to that said you have to live it, breathe it, eat it, sleep? Yeah. Who were we talking to, Joe? It was Sam Irwin, I think. Yeah, it was Sam Irwin, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, and he, he's, you know, if you look at what he's doing, he's constantly working on something. He's yeah. in Florida you know, right now doing something. He's having uh, time to play. He's at Pensacon. Yeah. But yeah, when you look at him, you know, he's he's one of those, he's a journeyman director. He's directing like five movies a year. They're all movies made for lifetime. But you know what? The Still guy's movies. constantly working. Yeah. He's yeah. doing what he loves to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, look at some of these people or, you know, that made films. I mean, I sit there and, you know, they're, you know, they are, I mean, uninvited that we covered last month. <laughs> obviously that was a labor of love about a mutant yeah. cat but, right um the film that we're covering, we covering next month basket case another labor of love sort of thing. yeah i'm looking forward to that mm. one basket yeah. case every no. pubescent boy out there has watched basket case <laughs> at least in the 80s <laughs> I haven't watched it yet, but I'm, def- I'm definitely a basket case. <laughs> I'm saying that, you know, things find their audience in, in due course. They might be panned and, you know, people shake their head that they do find their audience. You never yeah. know where- I, I also say it's just like being different, you know, because it's easy to kind of like, you know, I, I think that's why for a while I started to study like sci-fi because it was like the what if, like what if this and what, and it made, it challenged me to not do the atypical, oh, this story, you know, this story that, well, what if it was this and what if it was that, you know, and I think it's, you know, it's a good way to kind of like mindset wise. And it's hard to be different, right? Because there's so much that's like out there that you're like, oh, I'm, I thought it was an amazing idea. And then it's like, oh, wait, there's a movie that just came out <laughs> yeah. about. And you're like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, really? When, um, <laughs> when we went to see the new Scream, uh, my roommate and I went to see it a couple of weeks ago when it first came out. And we sat there in the theater and thematically, a lot of the stuff that, that you were saying you liked about it, uh, the stuff about you know toxic fandom and all that yeah. stuff. We mm-hmm. fucking just finished a screenplay that was about a toxic oh, fan wow. who starts stalking yeah. his favorite actress. <laughs> and a lot of the points they were making in in the new screen yeah, were the yeah. points we were making. And I'm like, well, 
<laughs> well, and that's what, that's what I mean. It's like if you're not quick enough, you kind of it's yeah. you know you I kind of laugh because I've had so many different like ideas and bubbles, you know. And and at one point, uh, my friend's like, "Oh, that's a great idea. You should do it." And I'm like, "Yeah, there's someone already. This person did." And he, and he was like, "Oh," and then I would say, "Yeah," and then I had this other. You should. Do, I'm like. You know, let me guess. Someone already did. I'm like, yes, someone already did. You <laughs> <laughs> also remember that when it comes to ideas that you have, all, every idea that you've had has been done before anyway. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I mean, yeah. What you just said about Scream. I mean, I'm sorry, but in the 80s, there was a film called The Fam with Michael Bean and Lauren Bacall. Yeah. In the in the fifties, you had All About Eve, which is about a fan stalking Margot Danny and becoming yeah, her. Right. Well, they were saying that even all of most yeah, films no, in the beginning that yeah. are replicants of films were actually from like Shakespeare and other oh, great theater, yeah. right? And so it just is a replicative of that story, whether it's Hamlet or whether it's Cyrano or whether it's like everything replicates. Or if you look at it close enough, you're like. Oh, that's a little bit. That's you know, and you kind of look at those old stories. It just gets retold and it gets re. We reviewed that film, um, Killer Party, that reminded me of Scream yeah. so much. Mm. Yeah. Well, how about uh, how, uh, earlier today? The first film we talked about today, Killer Clowns from Outer Space, is Invasion of the Body Snatchers in a way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It it is. Pods, yeah. 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 Uh, though I don't know if anything. And hell, was... so was Invaders from Mars. I don't and, know anything would replicate this last film that we saw because I mean, quite literally, I don't think of anything <laughs> that I mean, and even there could there's influence of like Shaun of the Dead, obviously, and things like yeah. that where it is, but like Living Dead, yeah, Nine Living Dead, yeah, Dawn, um, Dawn of the um, Dawn of the Dead, there's a lot Dawn of, of the Dead, like, yeah. Yeah. and stuff like this, it's just these but aliens, and we sounded that kind of didn't know it was like mismatched sort of thing, yeah, um, and you know, I mean. Yeah, everything everything has been done some way. Halloween, you know, Mario Bava, these Gallo films. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where yeah. Goes, oh, this is such an original film. Well, Halloween's not really an original film. It's about a killer in town that's stalking yeah. at the film. And that's actually been done back in the 60s in Italian horror. Yeah. You know, Dario Argento's um, Giallo films, sort of thing. So, yeah. I mean, everything has its. Mm. Friday Thirteenth. I mean, if you look at Friday Thirteenth, most of the murders come off of, come off of a, a Jalo film by Bob. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Watch, like, yeah. Oh my and God, he, murders I've seen before. Yeah. This film was like that so years cool before, right? The The Seventh Seal by Ingmar Bergman. You know, again, it could be like screaming you know, because it's like death is stalking him, and he plays chess to to win more time or to give right. the innocents a chance to get away. Like you know, so again, nothing's new. And you go back to Hamlet, yeah. Absolutely the yeah, same yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, that I could also be like what dreams may come too, right? What dreams right. may come, yeah. yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but even even one of my one of my last releases as as a novella, um, which you know, it was part part splatterpunk novel, part western, and you're like, God, that that sounds really original. And people are like, Wow, I've never heard of that before. But the entire narration for it was Catcher in the Rye. I read oh. Catcher in the Rye ah. and I I just I followed JD Salinger's narration style for that book. I mean, so we I mean we do yeah. copy yeah. every single every single every single artist copies. Yeah. yeah. I mean that's how you we that's how you tell a good story though, too. You have inspiration from these strong characters that come out and you know you, you look at you look at like a lot of like the Jane Austens and those types of stories, like those characters were different love stories, right? They weren't the same type of you know damsel in distress you know it was 
you know, it was characters that stood out and on their own. And that inspired other, I think like final girls for me, like final girls came from a concept of a strong woman that didn't need a man, you know, sense and sensibility and like those types of things. Like it yeah, you know, exactly. You know, same spawned same. those types of final girls. Imitation you know, is but, the, imitation is the most sincere form of flattery. Yeah. Remember is is that we now live with a generation that doesn't have any memory of anything five years before it. True. Because because of the way things are nowadays. So I mean, so which is quite good due to Netflix and stuff like that. They don't have any I mean, you could just remake a film from ten years ago and make the new generation wouldn't know nothing about it. Yeah. Or the new generation is like, oh yeah, I love that old show, whatever. And you're like, that was like five years ago. (laughs) That wasn't that old ago. That wasn't that long ago. (laughs) Things are starting to go a little faster. um, What was it like eight years later when Andrew Garfield had to tell the the story again because the audience is going to remember the Tobey Maguire storylines of (laughs) Spider-Man. I also just my, don't my think mom, stories... My mom did a classic in the cinema um, yeah. when the Spider-Man came through and she said, who's that? Oh <laughs> it was really funny. We, yeah. Me and my I mom could have stopped laughing. It's so yeah. funny. I feel like a lot of movies that come out now are more disposable, though. Like, I... I yeah. It just, it just yeah. feels like... If they don't feel like they're film, they, they feel like they're content. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, I would rather have something that is disposable than something that just keeps going and, like, shows that feel that... We need to bring everyone back together again, and we're gonna get now. We're gonna yeah. f- see what they are as adults, and then soon we're gonna see them in the geriatric, you know, ward. Like what the hell? I, just I say don't Ghostbusters. Need to see the longevity of their entire just, just life. say it. Just say yeah, Ghostbusters. Say, yeah, I mean, there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's like you just don't like. Sometimes it's like it's good to know what the story is. It doesn't really mean disposable in that way. Like it doesn't have any sequels. I mean, disposable, and like it doesn't matter anymore. Like you leave the theater and you fucking forgot what you saw. Now, yeah. I mean, every story should have a lesson, yeah. I mean, if it doesn't have any type of learning or lesson, then, yeah, it's a shitty story. Like but my, you should my, walk away with some sort of, like, oh, yeah, like, you know. Yeah. Take something from it, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. yeah. Trying to think but, of what maybe I've seen lately that you've like, like, taken something from. Just maybe oh, think I, about the word lesson. It's like lesson, right? But it's almost sometimes lessens your imagination. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't ch- think of I just mentioned the new Ghostbusters. <laughs> the new Ghostbusters was, there was no narrative conflict throughout the whole thing. No, just, everything wasn't. came and happened and went, and that's it. That you're I right. You're 100. I don't right recall. Now. I don't recall the last film I saw where, when it was over, I, I just okay. Yes, I do. I do. Did and and people people shit on this movie so bad. James Wan film. Did anybody else like Malignant? I liked it. Oh, yeah. I liked it. We we oh, reviewed it, and it was. I mean, it it was it was unsettling. It did stick with me for a while. That that's the other thing that's important. Like, if it sits with me for a while, I'm like, what what am I thinking about this? Now it's making me think too much about this because yeah. like, what is happening? The, the first know? the first uh, the first two acts, I'm like, okay, I've seen all this before. I've seen all this before. I'm bored right. out of my mind. I just but didn't then like that the last in it. That the was last act just i i had to pause it and i had to back it up and i'm like okay i gotta start this sequence again what the fuck did i just watch right and and that has to be like one of the last films and one of the first ones in a very long time where while the credits were rolling i was just just sitting there just staring blankly at the screen just trying to process what i had just seen but it doesn't happen often anymore 
A lot of people did shit all over that movie and all oh, the yeah. forums and stuff. It just, just like, yeah. The, the fact that it got everybody talking is is immediately a hint that it was going in the right direction, whether they loved it or hated it. Like, it got a reaction. Yeah, like it did. Every other movie just comes and goes, and it's just like, okay, blah. Yeah, it came, it, came, it went. I didn't give a shit. But, yeah, that, that got – everybody was talking about Malignant, whether you loved it or hated it, for like a month, two months afterwards. And they're yeah. still talking about it now. Um, yeah, there's guilty. There's, there's a movie that's coming out too that it to me it seems it feels very different. It's um, Alice that's coming out. It's based on a true story, which I had no clue that this even happened. But it was it was a person who freed herself, and she was like on a plantation as a slave, but in the 1970s. And wow. so she gets free oh. from the plantation, okay, and this guy is like you where are you from? Because she's in the plantation closes everything. And he introduces her to the seventies and, and like you, where have you been? You've been like in a bubble and she makes a decision to go back to free other slaves. And so mm. like that concept is like, Whoa, I want, I'm one. And now I want to see this, but I love that someone took, I guess this was a true story to some degree. And now I'm curious about that. I'm like what way, huh? <laughs> like how the hell did that happen? You know? Um, but that movie looks great, Alice. So talking about the, going back to bad taste, I'm not even going to attend it. Uh, but, that um, tangent, that wasn't my fault this time. No, no, no. <laughs> sorry. John, I'm going to blame John because he's only here one um, one episode. Of, oh, know, thanks, that. thank you very much. bad taste out of uh five um let's start off with vicky what do you what do you give this out of five well the first 10 15 minutes i was i was really struggling because i was going to who's i i think i texted you and joe like i always do but <laughs> just like who the hell suggested this movie so if you get really <laughs> stoned it makes a lot of sense to watch so <laughs> eat lots of edibles and yeah. then you will like this movie. No, it made it a lot more interesting. It really did. It wasn't, but once I got into it, it wasn't that bad though. Cause I mean, I, I just, you know, you have to give things time. So I would actually give it a four. Okay. So I would watch it again now that I know what I was missing. Mm-hmm. What about yourself, Craig? Um, I, I'll, I'll give it four because I think I think the story was really good. I like I really enjoyed the yeah, it's story. Quite original. It's quite unique. Yeah, um, that's it. About the harvesting and that it was quite good. Yeah, I very mean, gory. The very fast gory. Food thing. I mean, come on, you know. Don't, don't eat your dinner while watching this, though. No, <laughs> except for the vomit part. You that really a, yeah. a human give birth to an alien and vice or something like that. Yeah. It's a bit fucked up, but yeah, but, yeah. The, the, the green <laughs> the green gruel could have. No, yeah. they yeah. Yeah, that can remind me of uh, my grandma. You might call the midwife, you like that. What are your thoughts? What do you score it? Uh, sorry. What do you score? Bad, what do you oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, uh, I'll, I'll give it four taking my pants off over my head out of five. <laughs> 
<laughs> and yourself, Joe? Uh, four Derricks. Is it, I, four Derricks? <laughs> I mean, without this, you don't have, you know, it's, it's a domino effect. The film itself is fine, but without it, you don't, you don't get, uh, you don't get Meet the Feebles, Dead Alive, Heavenly Creatures, and Truth. eventually Lord of the Rings. Yeah, you know, true. this is the movie. Without that, without this movie, you're 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 missing so much. Every, every time I hear "Meet the Feebles," I just have this vision <laughs> of the 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 the, um, the 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 cow <laughs> muppet with her nipples out, all in S and M's. Now I have to see this well, movie. Yeah. I had never <laughs> seen this movie. John, you've got to check it out. Man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a good film. Gets a disease. I give it four squirts. <laughs> it was, it was, it was, uh, it, it, like it starts off a little slow and then as it starts to move along, you know, you, you, you like, I, I think what was getting me into it was just the absurdity of like the shooting and the <laughs> just Derek taking control and being like Rambo, like he just lost it. Like that pulled me into it. And then it just kept me there. So I, after Derek, I think is what, you know, oh, and what about yourself, Chad? What was your scoring? Definitely four out of five denim clad aliens. Uh, it's just <laughs> as, as an indie artist, uh, struggling indie artist, uh, this, this is just, it's, it's that push to keep going to anybody out there that, that wants to be a creator. It is that push to keep going because what you wake up as today influences and affects what you will wake up as 10 years from now. And Peter Jackson is living proof that it, it can be done. What, Mm -hmm. what the critics will say is stupid and mindless today could be Oscar worthy down the road. Yeah. Good point. I'm going to give it four stars because I I love these kind of independent um, films, especially when it comes to another country, which I love the humor and, and I just you know, just feel I love it when you can watch something and you and you know that there's like this passion of love and these people are together and they're really enjoying themselves. You know, I said before you kind of get it with Evil Dead, you get it with this, and there's so many. Um, I even love like Basket Case and John Waters films because of that ability that you have all these, you know. It's Judy Garland and Mickey Rooney. Let's make a movie in the barn sort of situation. And I yeah. kind of I love that, and I like the way mm-hmm. that. And yes, and you know, I will go along with what everyone else says. It's interesting to see the start of someone who's going to make it huge as well. And, and you know, it, it's it's quite interesting because it's someone who makes it huge but wasn't able, didn't actually get pigeonholed to make it huge either. So that's quite a lesson in its own right, sort of thing. brings us the end of the literature license podcast our next two for one will be two films one is the german film necromantic which is about having sex with corpses and, <laughs> and basket case 
another film dealing with the bizarre and independent way of making films. Everything you need to know about sex, you will find in these two films. That's right. And we are available for children's parties. <laughs> Sounds like a stiff one. And our next book, um, our next book to screen will be Let the Right One In, the Swedish film by um, John Ajadi Lindungis. Um, and we'll be covering the Swedish film of the same name as well. And our make remake will be Imitation of Life from 1934 and the 1959 remake. And, of course, our remake make of next month will be The Shining, the, the original, and The Shining miniseries, which is the Stephen King version that she prefers. And, of course, we'll be covering Dark Shadows, so make sure you stay tuned for those. So it's good night for myself, and good night, Craig. Good night, everybody. Good night, David. Good night, everyone. night, Joe. <laughs> good night, everyone. Good night, good night, John Boy. <laughs> good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Good night, Vicky. Good night, y'all. And before we say good night to you, Chaz, or anything you want our viewers to know or where they can find you? Uh, yes, they can find me at cderekmiller.com or on social media at Hal Growl Snarl. Uh, got a lot of different uh, short story anthologies coming out this year, as well as a third season of the American Justice podcast where we focus on wrongfully accused criminals. And good night for myself, and we'll see you next week for Make We Make with Imitation of Life from 1934 and 19.